Robert. Yes. Hunt D himself. Yes. What's up, man? Thank you for taking the time. Hey, bro. I, I'm all about stuff like this, man. I do a lot, but the the true the true meaning of media right now is podcasting, bro. I love it. I agree. I and, love it. And you're right. You do a lot of shit. Yeah. I, you yeah. do a lot of stuff. So you're podcasting. Yeah. You're in the stand-up game. Yeah. And you're on the radio. Yeah. What are you not doing? That's uh, insane. Not enough, bro. Not enough. Like, I'm one of those people, you know, during the pandemic. So I've been doing stand-up seven years, man. And during the pandemic, that let me know, you know what? Either you're really going to just go in or quit. Yeah. Real talk. And so the pandemic showed me, it proved to me that I could really do it and just step out on my own. Because, bro, I, I worked I worked for New Mexico Medicaid for 10 years. Oh, shit. 10 years. Like, great benefits, vacation, all this stuff, good pay, you know. And, you know, I have two daughters. So I have an 18-year-old and I have a 4-year-old. And, you know, my 18-year-old, I had custody of her. She graduated. Now she's in college. That and then the pandemic. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I, don't, I can do it. I just showed myself, you know, especially in the middle of that. Yeah. So I quit BSing. I quit bullshitting. And I went all the way in, bro. Um, and it's crazy because I never wanted to do FM radio. Never. Because <laughs> ne I was like... You know, because first of all, I love hip hop. I love music. I love everything. But I like to be myself. Yeah. And I grew up listening to the radio. And, you know, you have radio personalities. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could do that, but I can't be myself. But what I learned was that was my crutch. Because I had an offer probably like five years ago to do FM radio here in Albuquerque. I said no. I didn't want to do it. Interesting. Um, it was only, I, at the time, I said, well, I can't be myself. But the real reason was, I don't think I was professional enough to do it. Because there's a difference between doing stand-up, doing podcasts, doing FM radio, just all of that. It's different. And, I, and then I couldn't do that. I couldn't switch. I couldn't code switch. Now I can do it with a drop of a hat. Bro. Couldn't code like, switch. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it's called. I to me, <laughs> for, for real. First time I heard that was in Big Mouth. Right. I'm <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, man. Let me, let me tell you. As a black man... Black people, we code switch every day we go to work. We don't, we can't be ourselves when we clock in. You know what I mean? You're a representative of what you're like the person that that's at the interview when you first get there. You right. gotta be that person. You can't be your real self or you're you're out of there. So, you know, I already that's already been ingrained in me. Um, so I was like, you know what? I became more professional with my stand-up, and then I was like, you know what? You're limiting yourself. Interesting. So then last year, I got the opportunity. June, they started up 101.3 to Hustle. They gave me a call. It was all off of stand-up. They knew me from stand-up comedy. Hey. and Well, stand-up comedy, and I had an internet radio show. Um, so, And I was like, are you guys sure? Y'all got the right dude? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And, you know, I took that. And then last November... I started at 95.9, uh, the sports animal. Okay. Um, I'm a part of a show called Two Men On, Fred Slow, uh, Van Nunley. They were already established, and they were looking for a third person to come in. And it, it, the crazy part about it, it wasn't me. They, were, they came to, uh, it was the roast of Kenny Thomas and J.R. Giddens. And I was a part of that. The person who put that on, um, she called me. 
A. Marie, A. Marie Castillo, she called me. She's like, Buck, you're the only person I know that will do the do. And I was like, yeah, let me get on it. So I get out there and I just, you know, I do my thing. And they were like, yo, this this guy right here. And, they, you know, they, they tried to get me, but I wasn't, you know, I was kind of tentative. But then I got COVID. I came out of COVID, gave him a call, and it's been full full steam ahead. That's and I awesome. love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I listened I listen to you guys at the Isotopes game. I caught yes. a bit of that oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yesterday. That, that was awesome. Day. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. The chemistry is clearly there. The interest, and I think that's so important, too, is like whenever you're doing um, any type of sit, anything that involves like a sit-down conversation, the interest yeah. needs to be it's there. It's got to be there. Like we were just talking about that. How yeah. We, you were on the BS show. Right, Your right. podcast is that you're having trouble finding people that are like genuinely, they want to sit down. Have a conversation, right, be open. I'm right. Not, I don't need like the deepest, darkest secrets you no, have. No, no, no. I don't need that. But, but I need for you to be you and vulnerable. You know what I mean? I need to be yeah. open to be able to discuss things and not be a representative of yourself. Like yeah. show people who you really are. And it don't it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Who gives a damn? Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and that's what we try to do. Me, um, my co-host Six, and then my um, production guy Larry. We just, you know, it. It. I know it's hard for some people to do that. Yeah. But once you do that, nobody can touch you. That's what I feel. So that's that's I love. That's why I say I love podcasting, man. I I totally agree. And and you bring up a really good point. Like once you, like, it's it's at the end of the day, I think it's like just an extended version, just telling the truth. This episode of the Only Kings podcast is brought to you by OrganicPricedBooks.com. Guys, there's not been a better time to get into collecting comics. And OrganicPricedBooks.com has multiple formats, such as the Omnibus Deluxe Heart Cover and trade paperbacks at huge discounts such as the amazing spider-man volume 5 originally at 125 marked down to 80 use my discount code noah n-o-a-h at checkout for an additional discount on top of what you're already getting which can range from anywhere between 25 to 42 percent off again organicpricebooks.com discount code noah n-o-a-h for an additional discount now back to the show. Yeah. Like you're not putting up a front. You're not bullshitting anybody. And then I think one of the greatest examples recently is Rogan. Oh, they're trying yes. to tear him yes, down yes, 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 left yes. and right. Yes. And you can disagree with what he thinks or right, how right. he feels, but like what really like what really and I the way I took like the whole uh the racism comments right. and the way I took because uh, at first they tried to take him down for the COVID stuff. Right, right, right. And it didn't work. Didn't work. It was like, God damn, didn't we got to dig deeper. So they hit the racism <laughs> thing. And I, I can't remember what news source I was reading this from. It was yeah. it was like the Telegram, like the Washington Post. Oh, uh, one of those. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the dude writing the article yeah. sold himself out. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I get paid to sit down and watch his podcast. So it's, oh, right. so you literally have a monetary you incentive have, yeah. to find bullshit. Right. Like, okay, sure. And what's and I know uh, you know who David, I'm sure you know who David Goggins is, yep, right? I sure do. I saw a post of him or that he put about Rogan. I think yeah. he put it the best way. It was like they don't, they've never cared what he had to say, right? They never cared that his podcast been for like 11 years, right? They, they didn't care that he uh, swears, yeah, yeah, yeah. gay slurs, race, yeah. he's used racial slurs, but yeah. once it doesn't fit the narrative of today, right? They went back and sure they cherry picked all right. this crap. Well, you know what that is, man. It's money. Yeah. Once you have that much money invested in anything, the the openness, the who you are, what we were talking about, some of that goes out the window. Yep. Um, what Rogan, so I had to check myself on Rogan, right? 
So I hear it. I hear the N word and uh, black people and fit or whatever was like looking yeah. like gorillas and all this stuff. And I was like, this motherfucker, bro. Like, yeah. but then I was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. I got to check my own podcast. We say some outlandish shit on there all the time. It can be within jokes and all this other stuff. But this goes back to being open, yeah. right? I Hit it head on. You make a mistake, move on. Mm -hmm. Address it. Don't hide from it. You, yeah. If you hide from it, then that's when people start picking on you. And that's what they wanted him to that's do. That's what they wanted they him, wanted him, to, him do. to hide right. or say, like, I'll stop the podcast. Right. And then he said, I'm sorry. Right. It's really ugly. I'm not <clears throat> excusing the things that he said or but, what well, he did. Well, here's the man. Okay, look, we can't have it both ways. Yeah, I agree. We can't have it both ways. <laughs> Rogan, Rogan, Joe Rogan is not racist, right? No. He's not racist. No, I he's love not what, racist. what Adesanya said about him. Yes. Love that. Yes, he, he's not racist. He just said some stupid shit. Yeah. That's it. Like, it, it. a lot of people are like this. They become a different version of themselves when they're around different people. No way Rogan says that to, to any of his brother friends, any of his sister's friends, any black people. He ain't going to say that. Yeah. But you know, if he feels safe saying it over here, he's going to say it. Now, once they pull it up, mm -hmm. then you say, ah, damn, I was wrong as hell. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you do that, move on. Now, when you start trying to, well, hold up and all this other stuff, which he didn't do, that's why he keeps rolling. Yeah. But the, the bottom line with that is money. When you got that big money behind you, yeah. uh, they're going to dig. They're going to find. They're going to, just like they did uh, with Kevin Hart when he was, what was he supposed to do? Uh, host the Oscars yeah, or something. Host the Oscars. And then he went back to his tweet, to his Twitter and all this From stuff. From like 2011 yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 But see, he handled it wrong. I don't think he handled that right. Yeah, the fuck I did say it. And what? I'm not that. Let's get it. Yeah. Now they sh if they don't like it, then they don't give you the opportunity. But you don't take yourself out of the opportunity. Yeah. Because no, I agree. You, yeah, you don't step down. You make them make that move. But that's what today is, though, man. Yeah. It's, that's why I said I love podcasting. Yeah. You you don't have to be anything but yourself or a version of yourself. You're gonna be. You're gonna piss some people off. You're going to get people that agree with you, and you're going to get people who don't give a damn. But guess what? As long as a version of those three listen and pay attention, that's <laughs> all that matters. Who yeah. gives a damn? That's yeah. what it is. No, I agree. And, and today, like, I, I think we went through a period as a country with where the mass media got so popular. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the yeah. Fox News, MSNBC, yeah. whatever. They got yeah. so popular. Yeah. Um, Never been as big as they were during the COVID. Exactly. Yeah. They got so popular and they capped out at COVID. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, well, this is this is actually bullshit. Yeah. We have this thing called podcasting that's been popular for the better part of 10 years, 12 mm -hmm. years. And now it's like it's like people did a hard 180, which is what Americans do anyway. Yeah. They did a hard 180. It's like, we don't want sound bites anymore. We want these long form conversations that right. actually have a, like, not like, they just have a genuine, um, it, they're people. Like you can. The it's best not podcast, scripted. Yeah, it puts you in the room yeah, with the people. It's yeah. not scripted. It's not scripted. Yeah. And I'm. You know what, man? I I know you go through this. I like. You know, you you do something that we don't even do. We don't give out no questionnaire. We don't. We don't give a damn. You show up. <laughs> we always get when we invite people. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's in our head. We know like some of the current events and things like right. that, but. I feel like if you give out too much, people are going to prepare for it and be a puppet. Mm. They're not going to be real. I don't want that. 
Nobody wants to hear that. The yeah. best podcast gives you the real, raw. If it's good, bad, ugly, that's how it is. So how do you think in doing, because all you do is have conversations. Right. Whether it's you're having conversations with the radio audience, the mm-hmm. person right in front of you, or your stand-up right. audience. Right. So in your- That's why I value my time not doing any of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when people, it's so, when people see me out and about, yo, Buck, or, I'm, you know, I get called, if you call me Buck, you don't know me. Buck. And I'm like, okay, what's up? Rob, uh, whatever, whatever. And they try to talk, and I'm like, nah, not right now. Yeah. Not right now. So, yeah. But, but go ahead, not so, to cut you off. No, no, yeah. So in your career of doing this, yeah. how do you find that you've been able to like, like fine-tune the craft of having the conversations? That's definitely like a hurdle. I know I'm running into a lot of other people who are just starting this out. Right. They'd run into that, where right. it's like it's you have that, not a burden, but like the responsibility. Right. Of nurturing the conversation and making sure it's going in a, not necessarily a correct direction. So kind like of kind of steering it and yeah. making it go where you want it to go. Is that what you're saying? Or no. just <laughs> <laughs> say the thing. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But yeah. just keeping it interesting, keeping yeah. things lively. Well, okay, that is something I don't think you can learn uh, quickly. Either yeah. you have it or you've learned it over time. See, mm-hmm. with me, a lot of people. All right, the term black don't crack is real. I am 43 years old, right? People don't realize that's how old I am. So I've lived multiple lives, uh, been a lot of places. I was in the military. I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I've lived different places. I've traveled. So I've talked to different types of people. Talked to introverts. I've talked to people who talk too much. I've talked to people who talk and don't know what they're talking about. Talked to experts. You know what I mean? So with that, with time, that comes, you know, so... It's not something that I can say that I studied or whatever. It's it's just like an ability that came. Yeah. Um, especially um, going to the places that I've been and meeting the people that I've met. You know, I'm the type of person, my sister, I remember the first flight we went on, my sister was like, you just talk to any damn body. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I love it. I love talking to people because, you know, you could, you could I, when I was a kid, I would look at people and make up stories. I mean, like this guy right here. Like for real, I would make up yeah. a whole story. I, I would make stories up about my teacher. Like he probably goes home and beats his wife. <laughs> da, da, da. Like I would make I'm, for real. I'm in middle school, and and that was my thing, bro. I would write little stories about people, and then you know I was like, you know what? Instead of doing that, find out who they are. So I've always loved to talk to people, no matter what. Some people find it surprising because. The way, if I'm not talking, if you just looked at me, you'd be like, damn, that's a mean ass dude, bro. Like, he don't. And I think that look came from the military. I was in the Marines, man. Like, they teach you that shit. So I have to make myself look friendly to some people, but other people, it's just, you know, it's just the words. And then they appreciate it too. Um, Because a lot of people go off of what they see. They have a preconceived notion of who you you are. So once you start talking, and they're they're like, oh, I didn't know, or I thought, and you're like, okay, cool. Now, now we're on even ground. Then we can open this conversation up. And you know, and even now with the advent of social media and how prevalent it's been, and then you get in stuff like, like, um, like our entire dating culture is based off of swiping left or right. Shit's crazy, bro. So all we, all crazy. people do is they look at you and they have that instant like, oh, okay, you're a dick. You're yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're ugly. You're attractive, and they be they base everything off of that. Look here, man. As a single man, being able to communicate is the best weapon you can have. <laughs> it's it's. I tell people this all the time. I was like, the easiest women to get are the most beautiful women because most of us as men, we look at them and feel intimidated and Google Gaga or act stupid and don't know how to talk to them. 
when you just have a regular conversation or you make them laugh or you don't act like they're above what they are, they love, they cling to it. You know what I mean? So that makes absolutely a lot it, of it, sense. It does. Well, because I think I hear that what you just said. Yeah. And that's exactly how I got my girlfriend. For real. That's exactly how I did. Now it. I want to see her. Now <laughs> I want to see her. I'm like, yep, yeah. yep, that's what it was. Yeah, no, <laughs> we we met, uh, we met a while. We went back in 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah, July of 2019. And we met, if you haven't noticed, I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah, no, uh, I see, bro. I, whenever you see two two Batmans, <laughs> two different ones in the same spot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we met at uh, Barnes & Noble in the comic oh, yeah. book section. Oh, uh, look. The, yeah. Boy, hey, you playing. You, that's yeah. a player move right yeah, there. And, and, well, because I remember, I remember, like, I saw her at the, like, the front, like, the first levels, the one over on Coronado. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The first level, I was like. The big one, yeah. I have no business talking to you. So yeah. I, I walked away. I didn't even like, nope. Yeah. And I went up and I was like, I had a conversation with God. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, uh, she has no business being in this section. Right. Uh, but she turns the corner. Wait, hey, he I'll put her there something. for you. He put her there he for did. you. Turns, yeah. turns right there. I was like, okay, fine. And uh, I grabbed my nuts and squeezed them a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you are the most beautiful person I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I love comics. If yeah. you want any suggestions, just let me know. Oh, and I, I like how you started with what you started with, because that let her know he's not trying to be a friend. Like, <laughs> if you would have started with the comic stuff, he's like, "Oh, it's my comic buddy." No, it's like, "No, nah, no, nah, let's let's just knock this out of the park right now." That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then here we are, two and a half years later. That's and, dope, man. Yeah, she's the shit. But anyway, uh, a little sidebar there. But what I'm curious about is, so did stand up start first, or did your radio, uh, the internet show, start first? All right. So you know what started first. Stand up, no shit. Stand up started first, and I only—I never say I have a regret, but seven years into it, I regret not starting it earlier. Really, I could have, I could have, but you know, I'm a student. I, I'm a fan, a huge fanatic, and I revere stand up comedy. Always have, man. All, from a little kid on up, I'm talking about sneaking and listening to Red Fox and sneaking and and um, listening to to um, Lenny Bruce and stuff like that. So I came up watching stand-up, watching stand-up, loving it, loving it. I was a, I was a class clown. All Everybody, my sister, I would throw, <laughs> I would throw little um, comedy shows, all this in our rooms, all this stuff. But I was like, I don't want to mess. I, I, I was like, it's too big. I don't want to mess it up. You know what I mean? I, if I want to do it, my thing was, if I want to do it, I want to be Eddie Murphy Raw right out the bat, <laughs> which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know you can't do that. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to embarrass. It wasn't embarrassing myself. I didn't want to embarrass the art. So I moved here, I, and I found out, you know, there's comedy going on. When I first moved here, laughs was just closing. And so I would go to comedy shows and... I'm gonna be real with you. I was I was the heckler. I was the known heckler. Oh shit. They would see me. Like my my peers now, my <laughs> contemporaries now would be like, oh fuck, there's this dude. <laughs> and I would sit right up there and I'd be like, I would act like I paid a hundred dollars to come to a free show and you better make me laugh. That's how because I feel like that's what you should do as a performer. Like act like you're at Radio City Music Hall. Act like you're right. at the Apollo. Act like you're really doing it. And so it got to the point where I knew who was good and who was trash, in my opinion. Then I saw someone who was a friend before he did comedy. He started doing comedy, Royal Wood. I've told this story. Royal hated me for probably three years after this. 
he opened for a weed comic named Ngayo Bilum, who's been on a road for like more than 25 years. He opened for him. And um, Royal Wood was his op- he was his opener, and I go, I'm gonna go check out the show. I'm sitting in the back. I was like, all right, I'm not I'm gonna be good. I'm not gonna heckle because I know Royal. I know him personally. He's back there, he has a a notepad, and he's, he's super nervous, bro. He's in the back. And he was like, yo, yo, Buck, uh, let me let me go over these jokes and see how you feel. What the fuck you want to tell me your joke? <laughs> tell him on the stage. Like, I don't want to hear your jokes in the back of the room before. You know what I said? Tell him up there. He did horrible. Fast forward, he did horrible. Two old ladies heckled the hell out of him. It got so bad, it started rumbling to the back. Then I started heckling. And my buddy that was with me was like, you got a month. Do stand up. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I can't heckle someone who's actually doing it. Yeah. And you're not even throwing your hat in the ring. So- 30 days from that show is when I started. No shit. Yep. Yeah. I just, I have a lot of respect for what you guys do. Cause I remember, yeah, that first comedy show, the only comedy show I've been to so far was that roast battle. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's not even a comedy show. That's an entity of comedy. You yeah. still haven't been to a stand up comedy show. I, a proper stand up. Yeah. No, I've there not. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, cause I've always been a big fan. Um, and I, I guess I never really understood like, like, I've never seen it in person. Like, you can right, live, right. You live music all you want, but so you go right. to a concert. Until you get there. You don't see the dude sweating and bleeding on the guitar. Right, right. Or the the vocalist singing his you know his lungs out. Right. So seeing everyone up there and actually do was like wow, like because yeah. yeah, there were some amazing comics up there, and right. there were some not so right, amazing. Right. But I was like, right. you know, even the people that aren't great right now, you got to respect you're, them. You're doing it right. Like you are putting yourself right. out there, and that is something I don't. I don't know if I could ever do that. And see, that's the level of professionalism that I had to learn because I was a fan first, so I would be very critical of those people who were doing it and wasn't good at it. Yeah, I was like, "What the? Why the fuck are you doing this? You're not good." I didn't realize everybody doesn't have the talent to just get up there and do it. You have to. It's something you have to learn. It's like riding a bike. You don't just get on a bike and take off for five miles. You, you know, you fall. You. You, you trip. You don't know how to balance. That's how stand-up comedy is. So, yeah, man, I, I respect anyone who even tries to do it. Try even. I'm not even saying been doing it. I'm talking about if you even try it one time. Like, yeah, that's a big thing. And there is just, and this is what I love about doing this podcast. I've been exposed. I've been in Albuquerque for my whole life. Yeah. But there's just this huge, whether it's like the music scene, yeah. uh, the comedy scene that I'm getting exposed to right now that I yeah. never fucking new existed well um, well you, the good thing is it's booming now like it's booming like i love the comedy scene now when i started bro it was i call them the old guard they yeah. don't like me because i talk shit i'm like man y'all were not very inviting to me because they felt like i didn't do it the right way you know i've, I've done two open mics in seven years i don't go to open mics i don't do it there, but there's no set pattern to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you can get to the end result, do it however you feel comfortable. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of older comics who were already on the scene that had been doing it for years who didn't take too kindly. Or they were just like, who is this guy? He does a show and 700 people come. What the hell? Like, I've been doing it and nobody comes. There's two parts of it. You have to be your own self-promotion and you have to be good. That's it. That's <laughs> it sounds easy, but it's it's it's, not. it's it's not. It's not. But there's a cheat code now. It's called the internet. Yeah. If you create buzz on the internet, goes back to those three types of people. People who want to see if you're funny, 
People want to see if you're just internet funny or the people want to see you crash. But guess what? They all three paid. That's it. They came paid to come see you. So I did the whole internet thing first. Like I had an internet buzz and then I did stand up. And they was like, yo, you're going to do stand up? Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's how people like Andrew Schultz got huge. Yep. Was they created yep. their huge presence on YouTube. Theo exactly. Vaughn is another, the, Theo. Yep. Another great example. His, yep. His bit. About white privilege not existing yes. for him is fucking it, hilarious. Bruh, it's fucking gold. Are we gonna split this plum or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like you know. But going back to what you're saying about what's happening here in Albuquerque now, I love it, man. We got these young guys who haven't been doing it that long, yeah. and they're already good. They're hungry. They're inclusive, and you know they're getting it, man. Like they're they're not just. You know, the thing that I like, and I always tell them, don't just say stand-up comedian. Do anything. Like, do any media. Take advantage of the of the social media, skits, yeah, all of that stuff, bro. It's funny you bring up skits. I had uh, Jared Ostrom Jared, on yes. about a month ago. I had him The on. man. Amazing conversation with him. Yeah. Uh, but he's a funny motherfucker. Yes, I saw is. him win the roast battle. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he's got his skit going. Very fucking talented, bro. Yeah, and yeah. he's super like like nerdy about yeah. like directing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And about production yeah. and all that. And that's what I have to go to go to school for. Yeah. So having that, that's it's just awesome. And then we actually have a mutual friend in Notorious T. Notorious T, man. Yeah. Hey, that boy's got drive. Big man. shout out to him. Yes. So big, me and him go yeah. back to middle school. Oh, that's what's up. He's a dope dude. I've had yeah. him on twice. Yeah. Um, and then I'm having him on again right before my birthday here in June. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he is. He's finally like not that he hasn't gotten recognition, but he's finally right. starting to get like he won that, con- that he contest. He won the contest for what was that the Beatles song mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep, yep. he's got yep. the second one going on right now. Yeah, and to see him finally like he's gaining a lot of traction. He's going like it's just it's good. It's I like seeing people. That's succeed. a good dude, man. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You, I like to see people that are good people succeed. Yep. Exactly. And I would see Notorious T. Like I would go back and forth from L.A. and he'd be on the flight. And I would see him. I'd be like, "What's up? What's up?" <laughs> no shit. And I knew what he was doing. It wasn't a per. It was for his music, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I never said that to him until recently. I've seen his grind, man. And it's like people like him and Jared that I love to to see, and also like love to work with. Like, the, I'm gonna say something. I even hit Jared up about this. So we have something coming up at the El Rey, um, August the 24th. I'm gonna reach out to him, see if he wants to do a set on it. Um, it's like, it's, you know, 420 is coming up and we're doing what's called like a post 420, um, event. It's going to be, uh, spice one and, uh, notorious T is going to be on it. And, um, I'm going to do a comedy set, but I was like, you know what I want to do? I want somebody else to come up there to it. And I've never worked with Jared in standup. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit him up Hell yeah. tonight or in the morning. See if he'd like to do it. But I, that's what I'm saying, man. It's so much talent out here. Um, and I love that. They're hungry, bro. They're yeah. they're not just happy with doing one thing. Yeah. 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 And I uh just growing up in Albuquerque my whole life and looking around, like the city's falling apart. Yeah. And I think it's when you have cities like this, towns like this, just environments where it's like there's not a lot of opportunity here. Right. You have to create that opportunity. And there's and there, and there's so many there's so many mediums here. Like for me, it's podcasting and weightlifting bodybuilding that's mm-hmm. that's what i love doing right um i just got done doing my first competition about three weeks ago bro i'm gonna tell you i know the pain y'all go through yeah. the training like a yeah. couple 
I want to about four or five years ago, I got with this this trainer. Um, I cannot remember her name. I, she's gonna be mad if she hears this. But I worked with her, and I worked with these guys that had their own gym. And I just thought, hey, you just lift weights, blah blah. I thought that too. And it's the eating <laughs> regimen, it's the scheduling, it's all of that. Not saying that I was doing any of what you're you, you're used to doing, but it was. Um, we had like a when I was on the internet radio, we had like a um, a contest. Me and my mm-hmm. co-host, see, you could lose. It wasn't even the most weight. It was like the percentage. Oh, your body fat. Body fat and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I fucking lost thirty eight pounds. And I looked at myself, I was like, I don't like the way I look. Oh, I look like shit. a pest dispenser, man. My head, <laughs> everything got small but my head. And I was like, nah, I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. And then I noticed, you know, I started being friends with them and, and they get people ready for competitions. And yeah. man, y'all, y'all have some discipline, bro. Like for real. Yeah, it it was like it was funny though. I look back at it and I enjoyed prepping and like the dieting, the training. Yeah. I enjoyed that way more than I did doing the actual show. Yeah. Oh, was, for real? Which was so weird to me. Was it Was it real technical? You got to put your hands here and <laughs> do all well, of that. Well, and it was that. Did you have to sure. do the spray tan and all oh, that yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, was, and one of my favorite parts about doing all this was the guy who coached me. He's been one of my, great, my, one of my closest friends since like our junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he's and he's been a natural bodybuilder um, in the states and in Mexico for like the last ten years. So he, oh wow! He knows so he's in it. Yeah, up down left right. What he's yeah. doing, you know. Um, shout out to Poncho. Love you, yeah. Buddy. Uh, so he really helped me get through all of it and show me what to do. But it was just like, and he agreed because he did the same competition that I did, but I think three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. And we were talking about it afterwards, and we were just like, I was like, dude, like I love doing it. Thank you so much for coaching me. And I was like. I thought there'd be more. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought there's something. Like, I'm not expecting like Mr. Olympia levels yeah. <laughs> of like grandeur and like all that. Did shit. you feel like you didn't get to show off all your muscles or something? No, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just like nobody gave right. a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it because most of them had done it before and you were the newer person? Maybe. I think may, that's what it probably was. Maybe that was a bit. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And maybe I didn't. Not that I said that my expectations too high. It was yeah. like I didn't know where to put them. Gotcha. And I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. what to expect. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, but what was really weird, though, was like the people running it were very unorganized, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, it was very unorganized. Like, I never got an itinerary. Okay, like, so you had, had no clue what you were doing when I you had got there. no idea what was going on. So you had people like, once you got there and you were prepared, they were just pulling you into, go here, do this, do that, do that, that, uh, that, that. What's next? No, me and my coach actually had to like look around downstage, or like uh, below the stage. Was it, was it the chemo? Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. So it looked like below the stage mm-hmm. and like we were walking up down the stairs trying to figure out where everybody's at and like when are we going on and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we found like the one flyer the one oh, fucking gosh. flyer like yeah. oh okay we're going on here and then this and then we're done by here okay thank yeah. god yeah but um I, yeah it, it was the, the prep was fun the fucking uh the dieting the training was like the most fun of it I love being in the gym yeah yeah but th- anyway the reason I bring all this up is just like when you have an environment like this you have to figure out what the fuck is going on yeah and how to <laughs> fill like whatever you love doing how do you fill that slot yeah and get become great at it well I look at it like this too um I tell people all the time like you know I, I've lived in California that's where I'm from I lived in Texas live here and it's been in the military you just be everywhere yeah um albuquerque is the most unique city i've ever set foot in there is so many opportunities so many windows of opportunity that people want you to succeed 
They, I, I get upset when people say, oh, people in here in Albuquerque don't want you. No, they do. They just want you to be able to do it. So when I started, I did what you did, what you're talking about. I saw that there was a void. You know what the void was when I saw comedy? There was no urban comedy. People were not exposed to urban comedy here. And when I say urban comedy, I don't mean black comedy. I mean urban. Anybody can be urban. You know what I mean? Especially with the the um, the boom of hip hop and all this other stuff. Um, I saw that because there were other comedians of color, but they weren't urban. It was like they were trying to be Albuquerque. You, if you live here, you already know that. Yeah. Like yeah, you can you can go so far at laughing at yourself. All right. That's cool. That's cool. You can make the Christmas jokes and you can make the green chili chicken. The, you know what I'm saying? You can make the, the roadrunner jokes, the Zia signs and all that. But if you open a window for people to see something they've never seen and you take them on that ride and they're like, yo, we're, we're basically the same. Even though you're not from here, we are the same. Yeah. That's what I saw. I was like, I can, I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to change anything. And I'm going to just own it. And they're going to like it because they haven't seen like in person before. You may have seen it on YouTube. You may have seen it on, you know, Dev Comedy Jam or not saying that's my comedy style, but I can do that. But it's like that's the void that I saw. And I was like, I'm going to own that. Now, a lot of people didn't like it because they wasn't used to it. It's like, yo, this guy, he's too in your face. He's too brash. He's too cocky. He's too... You know what I mean? He's too edgy. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's funny. That's 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 the school that I grew up in. And it's kind of, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, is my style of comedy becoming the old guard? Because everybody's so damn sensitive. You know what I mean? So, but the city of Albuquerque is edgy. Yeah. It's nothing smooth about this no. place. Like, you can, and, and my thing was, you know, I'm seeing comedy shows in certain parts of the city. You go to Rio Rancho, you go to to the nice part of the city, but you wouldn't go to the South Valley. You wouldn't, if you had something going on on Central, I looked at the crowd, it didn't represent the Albuquerque that I saw. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do comedy for those type of people. And I started, that's how it started out. But then, you know, nobody was messing with me. Then I started going to their crowds. And then they were like, yo, you didn't change who you are. I was like, what if I can't, I don't know how. <laughs> You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's all I say I love Albuquerque because there's so many opportunities. There's so many voids that, that can be filled here. You just got to just grab the opportunity. See, I think that's a message that I, I mean, as a young person here, I've never been told. And mm-hmm. I think that's something neat that everyone else, uh, like, that's coming up is trying to do something here needs to get told. Yeah. And they need to know that. Cause yes. like you walk outside, even like pre pandemic, you go outside and it's, it's just kind of dreary out there. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's like Gotham city without Batman, man. And that's, you know? ex- bro, that's exactly how downtown was, man. Like, I remember when, you know, when I had the art stuff on central, I used to take my daughter and you would see just trash blowing and nobody there. And you'd be like, Damn, it does look like Gotham City. <laughs> it's just, it's just sad to be around. And then our homeless problem is out the wazoo. Yep, yep. And and look, I am nowhere near. I must. I love talking shit. Mm-hmm. I am nowhere near as educated as I probably should be. Right. With like properly criticizing our politicians. Right, 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 right. But it it does get pretty discouraging when mm-hmm. you have uh, these 
you know, these uh, revolving doors right. of politicians, but right. not a whole lot is changing. And in Nothing. fact, it's getting worse. Nothing. All they do is tell you what you want to hear to get them there. And then it's back yeah. to the same old, same old. Yep. Because I grew up, uh, when I was a kid, I remember growing up under the Bill Burgesson era. Mm-hmm. And all I got told as a kid was the, gov- the government's corrupt. They right. all want money. Right. And then as it just continued, it just... Nothing ever really changed. Yeah, and look here, bro. This is, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with black families, but that's what we've been told our whole goddamn life. Like, like, <laughs> bro, bro, when I went to the military, you know how many times I was like, why the fuck you in the military? You know the American, all that. They gonna put, put syphilis in your blanket and <laughs> stuff like that. But that's the truth, bro. It's the truth. It's just like, and, and you know what? I, I try to be optimistic now because, you know, April 1st happened. We got, you know, the yeah. marijuana became legal. We made a, damn near $10 million in a week. It's now hard. it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this? See, not only that, not only that, mm-hmm. but it's hard to look at that and be like, hey, so when's re-election again? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's why. why. Yep, and that's why. why. Yep, yep, that's right, how I was right, thinking. Right, 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 okay. We have to do something because everybody's still pissed off about the lockdown, and we're the longest state to have all this stuff. And you got to do something dynamic to yep. make you come back. And yes. you, you hit the nail on the head. There yeah. you go. And it sucks that, like, and I because, like, on the one hand, being completely honest, it's like on the one hand, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. you guys just want to keep your jobs, yeah. and your career politicians, right, right, and you probably. Weren't making a ton of money, but then you got that politician salary, and we're like, "Oh yeah. fuck, yeah. I want to keep I'm this." Keep it. Uh, that's yeah. yeah. The cost of living is what they're making right now. They don't want to lose it. That's exactly. the truth. That's and, the truth. And then on the other hand, though, it's like, okay, but using your constituents as chess pieces. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. Okay, I'm glad we're talking about this because this is something that um that I want to do more. We can't leave it up to the politicians to change the community. I agree. We're in the community. Why can't we do it? I agree. See what I mean? Yeah. That's one reason why I do love that I'm um, on 95.9 FM, um, two men on, because from the short amount of time that I've been there, we've done a lot for the community. And I see that those fellas have already made relationships and making those changes and doing whatever. So if you have one one person, another person sees it, makes them want to do it, makes them – I don't care why you want to do it. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you just want to be on social media showing that you're doing something. I don't give a damn. If, yeah. if that's what you want to do, do it. But at least it's some type of positive result from it. Yeah, no, I agree. And so I know I wasn't able to catch this part of the – um, the broadcast, but I saw on your Instagram that you guys were going to, you were planning on talking to Keller yesterday, right? Yeah. Did that happen? No, it didn't. So okay. Keller was throwing out the first pitch and he was already cutting it close because we were on till 6.15 and he didn't get there till like 6 o'clock. Oh, shit. So that's what it was. So they're trying to make it up to us. And, you know, I any chance I get to talk uh, to any of those type of people, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm real. I'm honest. You know what I mean. The the first time I talked to him, we did. I attended. I didn't even know he was gonna be there. I attended this uh, father's uh, hair combing. If you have a daughter and they teach you how to comb their hair, oh, basically, that's cool. it was like a workshop like that. Oh, was that? That's cool. And, and that was at. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and it was out at Taylor Ranch. Um, that community center over there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and he walks in, and I was like, "Oh, it's the it's the fucking mayor." Like it was dope, and it wasn't like he was there with cameras or nothing like that. But it's just stuff like that, and just talking to him and without being fake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not I'm not a politics person either, but 
you know, it's it's good to see that their regular people are like that. And I think that's his appeal, bro. Like, he people look at him, it's like, oh, it's a regular dude. A lot of people don't even know what the hell he stands for. He's like, he's just a regular dude. I see him out. Yeah. That's so, what it is. That was one of the things I was going to ask, guys. It's like getting, having those interactions with him, do you get that? Uh, impression that he's actually just a regular guy. He's trying to do the right thing. No, he's thing. a fucking politician, first of all. I'm going to be real <laughs> with you. I, I ain't going to sit here and be like, nah, that's a, he's a politician through yeah. and through. But I don't know if that's one of his one of his acts. And if it is an act, it's very, it, it's very fucking commendable. But yeah. anytime I've interacted with him, he's a regular dude. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Well, because I remember when he was first running, it was all about APD reform and yeah. police reform and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And what, because I, I grew up Republican. I grew up in a very Republican household. Mm-hmm. Oh, you but, had some Reagan parents, but, huh? but as a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's my mom's side of the family. <laughs> but uh, growing up, now that I'm, I'm becoming my own, my own person, having my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is all kind of bullshit. It all is. It's it's all kind of bullshit, and uh, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. You know? And what I did like about his approach to it, from what I could understand, was it wasn't what would eventually become defund the police. It right. was, we have problems that we need to fix. Right. But we're not going to completely gut them. Yeah. You yeah. know what and I which mean? Is, which is realistic. Which is fair. Th- there you go. Yeah. It's not way over here or way over there. Yeah. It's right kind of in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's it's scary when you hear things like defund the police or defund anything. They That's did that. Scary. They they worded it that way for a fucking reason. I, for just the clicks. There you go. So to get the hell yeah and the fuck knows. That's what <laughs> that's what that's that's what it is. Yeah. But when because nobody's gonna research shit, they no. don't research it. They read that headline and they they form that opinion right there. I did a. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I did a like a solo kind of episode for. Uh, this coming out. Uh, tomorrow Mm -hmm. and um i was looking kind of into like the russia ukraine thing so kind of like like the latest update yeah yeah yeah. kind of like a hot clicks thing yeah and one of these like majors like a prime minister or some major politician out of ukraine wrote something about chemical attacks and then at the end of it was (laughs) hashtag putin's a war criminal yeah hashtag oh my he's dropping nukes tomorrow are we only communicating in hashtags yeah yeah, yeah. some people probably didn't even read that they just went straight to the hashtag clicked on it and see what else they can find that's exactly how it goes today yeah fucking sad yeah that's man that's the yeah you know i love the internet but i hate it too that's you can use it for however you want to use it it's just it's it's powerful as hell, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So but being in Albuquerque, so how, how how long have you been in Albuquerque? I've been in Albuquerque 13, 14 years. So what has it sounds like the opportunity and just like the the culture has kept you here. Is that fair to say? Um when you say culture by meaning my daughter, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I had like I said, I have an eighteen year old. So when I moved yeah. here, she was she was young. Um, and then I ended up getting custody of her freshman year of high school, of high school. Um, then she graduated and went off. And when she was 14, that's when I had my little one. It's crazy because I had really planned to leave because I was in the mode of, man, I really want to make stuff happen and it's not going to happen in Albuquerque. And, um, it's crazy. Now go back to what I said earlier. Like, well, what the hell changed? From that time to now, a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, we have the internet. We have 
things coming into the city. You have movies, you have Netflix, you have so many things booming, the housing, a lot of stuff. A lot of people are complaining about how rent is here. Take your ass to those cities that you wish you lived in. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You, it's tough. It is horrible. Yeah. Um, gas and all that stuff. So I'm like, why do I want to leave when I can actually build something here instead of going somewhere else trying to catch on to what somebody else has already built or what they feel like that it, what yeah. it should be? Where here, you have a clean slate. You could do what the hell you want to do. There is no way. I tell people this all the time. There is no way I could be on two radio stations at one time to have nothing to do with each other at the same time in that short amount of period. And they yeah. just saw me. It's not where you can't even go up to a radio station in, no. the, in the, nowhere, nowhere. No. Hey, uh, so I'm trying to get on air. Like you have no schooling, no FM radio etiquette, no, no, no training, none of that. So here it's like they feel like I feel like I like dealing with people who trust me. And that's what I feel like a lot of people have done. Yeah. Hey, I feel like you're professional enough. You can, I trust you. Hot, the mic's hot. Go ahead. Do, do your thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't go anywhere and get that. Yeah. And it's so many voids here where if you believe in yourself and you have confidence, you can do it. So that's why, that's why I stayed. Real talk. And, that, and again, I think it's a message that really needs to get perforated and put out there a lot more. Right. Um, and go, kind of go back to what you said about yeah. being that professional, turning into that professional I got approached, so I worked, funny you you worked at uh, Medicaid for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My, my job is I work at a home health care company. Okay. I was like caregiving and shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, t- I've taught a lot of those places how to be, how to bill Medicaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I keep what I do in my personal life, I keep that very far away from mm-hmm. my professional job. Mm-hmm. Because just like you said, I say a lot of fucked up stuff, yeah, man. I, and- I would, that was my <laughs> life for 10 years, man. Yeah. That was... Even before I did stand-up, I would keep my social media stuff open. And mm-hmm. I would come to work, and then people would be like, yo, we saw you hosting this event out at Route 66. Yo, we saw your stand-up. Why don't you like that at work? I that, said, I would not have a fucking job if I did that, that here. that is exactly the problem <laughs> I have run into. Because so, God, what was it? It was two weeks ago, I think. I walked into work, and one of my bosses goes, hey, how are you doing? I'm like... Yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you doing? Because yeah. I'm very professional. I'm yeah. very, you, you know, know. That was me. Yeah. Just, I, I'm here to do a job. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm cordial with you people. Yeah. I, I will get along with you, but I'm mm-hmm. not here to be your best friend. There you go. I'm here because I have bills to pay. That, exactly. You know, I have bills. I don't want to so, be here, but. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I'm, I was, it was good. How was your weekend? She goes, mm-hmm. oh, it was good. Um, she's, and she's walking into her office and right before she walks and she peeks her hat and she goes, I found a couple podcasts on YouTube this uh, this past week I thought were interesting, and I was like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're really big nowadays. And I start looking at my people, I'm like, oh fuck, so it's yours. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Uh, so I go on Indeed, look for no, but so, yeah, yeah. So um, they drop that seed, and then a couple of days later, uh, same boss comes up to me and she goes, um, she goes, hey, so do you like uh, do you like what do you uh, what do you do in your free time? And I'm like, oh, honestly, God. I just. Um, because you know, they knew I was doing a bodybuilding show. Yeah, I, yeah. I lost fucking. I went from one eighty eight to one fifty three. Oh damn! Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I lost weight right in front of them, mm-hmm. and so I was like, yeah. I mean, in my free time, I go to the gym a lot because I'm, I'm over here. Like they're ordering food. Yeah, yeah. Ordering you're, pizza, you're not Chinese. Nothing. Yeah, I'm here with my little. Uh, yeah, t- my little uh, meal prep: <laughs> chicken and rice, fish and rice. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they knew I was doing that, but I was like, yeah, I just, I go to the gym, hang out with my girl. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. Do you like podcasts? And do you do podcasts? Oh, so she's basically yeah. already knowing, yeah, trying to right. fish it out of you. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I mean, yeah, I listen to them at the gym, but other yeah. than that, they're, yeah, they're neat. Yeah. Free speech is cool. She's yeah. like, oh, okay. And they walk away. And then uh, in the last week, she sits me down and goes, so we have an idea. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have an idea mm-hmm. and we would like to do a broadcast for the company. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, we just think you'd be the right person yeah, to do it. Yeah, you already know. And I yeah, was like, yeah. okay, so can we just, can we stop lying to each other, please? Uh, yeah. Did you find my podcast? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. And she gave me the whole pitch and how it wants to be like a friendly like 10 minute yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Employees. I think it's a cool marketing idea. I think it's a cool like uh, hiring idea, recruitment right. thing. But I'm like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll think about it. It'll be a conversation. Right. I go to my second boss. I'm like, what do you know about this? Mm-hmm. You know, and she just said, I have no idea. I just want, like X, Y, and Z. Like the bare minimum. I was like, look, like, can I, I just want to be straight with you. Because I didn't want to break the first one's heart. Yeah. They were so into she it. she was so excited about so it. So excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't want to break her heart. But my other boss is like, hey, look, like, I'm not your guy. Yeah. At least right now. Yeah. And she's like, well, why not? I thought you, like, it's obviously you love doing it. Like, we all knew you do this. Right. I was like, yeah, but I was like. It's not the same. Yeah, I was like, like, I was like look. Man, I can say fuck on mine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not passionate about this place. That's <laughs> funny. That's what I. It's exactly what I told Damn, her. Yeah. It's exactly. I was like, look, I'm not free here. Yeah. And I don't have passion for home health care. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I think you guys have a great idea, and if you guys want help uh, with production, mm-hmm. equipment, budgeting, I know like a little bit of marketing through trial and error. Right. But like. I'm not the dude in yeah. front of the camera. Yeah. I, I just can't do it right now. And the problem I ran into with myself is like that professionalism. I don't know how to like switch that off yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. It's just, yeah Especially it's just, in that setting. In that yeah. setting. So, so mine was actually completely different. So I'm doing my thing. So what I used to do was I'm, I was called a uh, provider field representative. So that meant, I would go throughout the state and teach people how to build Medicaid. I helped yeah. build the web portal, what people see now on the web on the website. Um, if you have billing problems, that was my thing. If you have billing problems, I come out, sit out with you a couple of hours, hash it out, teach you what you did wrong, resubmit claims, all this stuff. So I'm doing my thing, and I'm going throughout the state, and then I come to work, and my, my boss, same thing. Uh, Calls me in there and says, "You are a funny guy." And I was like, <laughs> "It's like, what are you talking about?" Pulls up my my stuff from Ooh. YouTube and oh man, you see me, bro? Yeah. It ain't it ain't it ain't <laughs> Medicaid professional. Like she's in there, face red, laughing. She's talking. To, uh, she, she's playing a dick sucking joke <laughs> that I have. <laughs> she's in there crying, laughing. Oh yeah, I showed such and such, and you got to tell us when your next show is. And I was like, no, yeah. no, this isn't it. Yeah. I, um, I did have a couple of coworkers who were on the same level that I was, who did come do some shows, and and I made it to where either it was for them or wasn't for them because I made fun of them. I was like, I'm, a, I'm since y'all want to come, you're gonna get the real experience. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, give it up for my coworkers over here, and, that, and like that type. Of, and it was a big one of one of my bigger shows. Yeah. Um. So then I'm going to like Las Cruces, Farmington. People recognizing, like, yo, you don't you do stand up? Or I'm on webinars, and hey, 
do they call you Buck D? And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> man. Like, do they call you yeah, Buck D? Yeah, yeah. And and can, can why are you so serious with us? Can you tell us some jokes? Like, no, I don't get paid to tell you guys jokes. I get paid to help you with your Medicaid issues. Like, yeah. And it was happening so much, and I was, I was like, oh. And so I know exactly what you mean. Like, you know, you're just a different person when you're in that type of environment. So. When you're experiencing that, because I mean, your your realm was stand up, you're obviously that's when you're truly free. Mm-hmm. You're, you're speaking your mind. Mm-hmm. You're adding some of your mind. You mm-hmm. know, making exaggerated because it's all entertainment. Yeah. Do you think when you're getting approached like that, and when you're getting asked stuff like that, is that like almost like well, people can't meet the big celebrities, but they've got the local one, so they want to try to get as much out of that experience as they can. Yeah, you know what I used to. You know that, what I mean? Yeah, when that first started, I used to hate it. I used to complain. Then I got, I don't know who told me this. They were like, you shouldn't be upset about that because, you know, they're they're basically showing their support for you. And they don't know how to do it besides that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't know you. They know what you've represented to them on that stage. Yeah. And so what's very important, what I gotta t- what I tell a lot of comics is go to your show early, make yourself seen, let them know you're a real person. Say hi, hey, you know, hope you have a good time. Find out who's never been to a comedy show. Do your thing, but don't leave. Thank you for coming to the show. But so they'll know that's a character. That's a overt representation of yourself. That's not really you. Yeah. Um, but when you do get that out in public, man, when I get it, I had to embrace it, man. And I yeah. think it is like a local celebrity thing. Like, look, let's be real. I have a vanity plate, bro. I've always wanted a vanity plate. It says Buck D. <laughs> Do you know how many Snapchats I get of people behind my car? Yo, I'm behind you on I-40. And I'm and you I stop texting. And, bitch. I, and I know like you're driving behind me going 80 miles an hour just to get a picture of a license plate that I see every day. Like <laughs> But I used to get mad at that. I'm like, that means I'm doing something right, and yeah. they like what I'm doing. So I have right. to embrace it that way, bro. Yeah, for real. No, that's real stuff. And um, God, yeah, it's just it's awesome to see a, a, that the community for comedy is growing so well. And I think the from I mean, for I can tell in the little bit that I've told the podcasting here tends to like come along with it. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. You know, because yeah. what I thought was so cool because I didn't really get into podcasting, like listening to it until I was like maybe in college. Mm-hmm. And I thought what was cool is it was like, well, exactly that. You have these celebrities that are literally playing characters in movies or TV yeah. shows, yeah, or like a stand-up comedian. They have that character on stage, and it's like, oh wait, they're gonna have a conversation mm-hmm. for three hours, right? About what? About what? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, are they real? And then seeing that, I mean, you get you get all of that stuff that's behind the curtain that mm-hmm. you never got to see, or the part of their personality, yeah. or other people that they know. Um, that's how I got drawn to it. Yeah. So Stuff how like much that. Uh, like reception like that have you gotten from the BS show? Because that's like as raw as it gets, which is so damn cool about it. Um. So, do you mean how do people re- have they received it? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, so we. All right. The thing about the BS show that I learned. Mm-hmm. We have our core group of people. When we go on, I know they're going to be on that feed because we're live. We I noticed we're that. live. The balls on you guys. Yeah, to we're know live. That. We're live. We're like cameras on. Boom. We're yeah. on YouTube. We're on. We're everywhere. Twitch everywhere. And uh, you know, you could see who's there, who's going to comment. What I learned was, I thought, hey man, we're just doing this thing. It's in a little bubble. Yeah. Nah. 
Bruh, I'm I'm going out like sometimes I'll do Instacart. I'm in Sprouts. Someone's like, yo, I, y'all's podcast is off the chain. And I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> remember when y'all were talking about the uh the ch- remember the chick who killed her boyfriend who called up to y'all and I was like, yo, you was listening to that? Like, yeah. I, when you finish what you're saying, I want to yeah. hear about that. <laughs> okay, but, I'll tell you about that. Yeah. But but my thing, it's like I had to get out of the mode of, hey, there's just those people there, right there. There's yeah. people who won't say nothing, who have never missed one of the 121 episodes. Never. They will tell you about it. Um, I get inboxes. We all do. And it's, I love it, man, because I didn't understand the scope of this thing, bro. We did it because it was like, um, to be honest, the, before the pandemic, I didn't go live on Facebook. I didn't do any of that because... I thought it was corny. I was like, man, this is corny. Let's yeah. putting a camera in my face and just talking. But I didn't know so many people wanted to hear it's something that I had to say besides me making a post. Yeah. Because to me, my social media was an extension of my stand-up. Just just funny observations that I make about anything. You know what I mean? It hurt some people's feelings, some people's whatever. I didn't care. It was just get a reaction. So it was actually Six's idea. Six was like, yo, you think, let's do a podcast. And and, and he had never been on one. I had been on um, podcasts and stuff like that. And I was like, I, and I knew how we could start it up. I was like, yo, let's do it. Man, our first three episodes was so trash, bro. It, and I'm glad we have them on YouTube. It looks bad. It looks horrible, bro. If anybody you. wants to go to our, go to the BS show and scroll back to the first two, three episodes... It was done off of a phone, and it was like, oh, it was bad. So I, uh, <laughs> so typically, um, maybe like fifty percent of the time, I got a homie that sits right there and he'll yeah. do it with me. But yeah. he's he's part of the fire department, so yeah. he can't always do it. Which yeah. I, I'm just happy he does some of them, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but he was my first guest, and uh, I was like, yeah, we're gonna do it. I was like, yeah, I should do a podcast. Uh, I want to talk to. Someone. I just can't talk to myself. Right. I, I just didn't know if I could do that. So like, yeah. All right. I'll have my buddy sit down with me. We'll fucking shoot shit. Yeah. And so I, I'm like, all right, I'll spend a hundred dollars. Yeah. How far is that going to? Go? No, not not far. <laughs> no. It doesn't get you far. No But I, I thought I was so cool. I fucking yeah I, yeah. I ordered the shit that I ordered off of eBay. The, okay, the cameras. Right, you, you first of all, you're way ahead of what we were already. <laughs> the cameras were these little things about that big. Yeah, they came in white boxes that said video camera. Oh it was it God. wasn't even a brand. Yeah, just it just said video camera. And so got them out of the back of a Chinese warehouse somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so me and another buddy of mine, who's really he's like um, he like produces music and he builds apps. He's that yeah. he's that dude. Yeah, he's on his computer all day. He makes money. That's awesome. So I send him a couple of things. Like, hey man, can you like help me like learn how to edit? I know mm-hmm. you to do all this. But if you get you got it time, so he's like, yeah, just let me look at it. I'll try to do it. I'll show you what I did. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. I get a call back from him like two days later. He's like, hey man, listen. Uh, we can't use that shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but see, those are the people that you need. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, you know who that, that person was Larry. So Larry is, I've worked with him before. He um, When I used to have um, Nexus Silver Tap Room, I used to do comedy over there the third Thursday of the month. Is I that, did it for is two that years. the one off of like the freeway? No, um, that's the main one. Um, okay. Nexus Silver Tap Room does, doesn't exist anymore because of the pandemic. It was oh, off of shit. Coors and 40. 
over there by uh, Pizza Nine. And oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, right yeah, yeah. next to Pizza Nine, right okay, there. Okay, interesting. And okay. so Larry, I, I, I'd worked with him before, and he just, he knew me, and he had he had done some video for, uh, oh, he just asked me, he was like, yo, can I come video one of your comedy nights? Yeah, cool. And then, so, one of his, his partner was watching our um, podcast, and, uh, Actually, I was on, they, they had like a weed podcast. I was on there with them during the pandemic. Then they were watching ours and they didn't have the heart to tell us, bruh, that shit looks horrible, right? Like, like, what are y'all doing? But, but Larry always wanted to work with me. He told, I didn't know this. He's like, man, I love your content. I love how just open you are. You don't give a fuck. He's like, that's the type of people I want to work with. And I know that you won't quit. Yeah. So he came in. He like all of that stuff is Larry's personal shit, man. No Larry, way. Larry brings that shit in there, sets it up, and that's how we really. As you see it now, he makes tweaks. He does like I don't know anything about that. All I know is just put a mic in front of my mouth and we can go. Just <laughs> yeah. if you want to make it look better, sound better, and that's that's all on him. So you wow. definitely need someone like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a team thing, bro. Yeah, that's oh, really no. what it is. One hundred percent. And that dude for me was Jay. Yeah, uh, we don't work too closely anymore just because like he he's got his own like 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 I said he builds apps and he does all like, right. these coding stuff and he just he didn't have the time he's doing like whatever spare time he had. Right. He helped me out. I was, I was like, thank you. Right. So fucking much because right. Lord knows I had no idea what to do. Right. Um. A lot of people don't realize this is a commitment, man. You once yeah. you say like I'm the type of person if I say I want to do it. I'm not quitting. I'm yeah. doing it. And I'm going to try to be the best version of it. And to have a group like that between six, six is the six is more, you know, we do it in six is man cave, you know, no and shit. We, that's where we're at. And people think like, yo, y'all at the studio. Oh, we're at six's house. That's what we do. I know. Cause it's a solid looking studio. Yeah. I like the yeah. all black. And then yeah. the, that's all Larry. Like the L- carving. All Larry. All Larry. To, that's so that's all sweet. Larry was like, cause man, we had a, we had a, <laughs> We had a screen behind us, like a movie pull-down screen. Yeah. And we had a projector in front of us, so <laughs> you would see the BS on our face. And that was bad, man. And Larry came in there and did all of that, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Holy shit. No, that's so cool. Um, so you wanted to talk about um, when, I, when I said someone murdered their... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bitch, that, that, bitch a, killed the boyfriend? That's a real fucking story, bro. Oh, my so God. So what I like to do... I love to get people from the community to be a part of our, like real shit. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to talk about shit that you read on the internet mm-hmm. that's not from here. There's a lot of interesting shit that goes on in this city. Yeah. And it's, you, and like I said, it's kind of hard getting those people on there because they want to be something that they're not. Sometimes we get lucky and people will want to be on there, but you know, they, they're like, you know, I want to be anonymous. So it was cool. We, we, Call in. You don't have to be on. We're not going to put a camera on you. You won't yeah. say nothing. Right. So we had a show called um, Side Bitch. So what I do is I get on social media. I'm like, hey, if you're a side bitch and, you know, we ain't going <laughs> to tell nobody your business. Woo, woo, woo. We're not going to air that we're not, out. We're not going to say who you are, whatever. And people, it's crazy. They'll trust. They'll trust. They'll trust. And that's the biggest thing as well. Like, like you can really shoot yourself in the foot in doing this shit if you're yeah. not professional, bro. Like, real yeah. sh- Like, people think this is... You still got to be professional in some aspect. Yeah. Chick comes on. She's like, yo, I got a friend. She's been cheating on her dude and they're married and blah, blah, blah. But but she's got a dude and it was all this crazy shit. So they both call us, right? The two chicks call us. They're telling all the business. So the 
the side chick calls yeah, and with her wife. friend. No, no, with her friend. Oh, okay. So she is a wife and yeah. a side chick. Crazy, mm. crazy, mm. crazy. So she's married. She's married and, and fucking with a dude from her job. Mm. Real Jerry Springer shit. Classic. And I and 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 it wasn't a lie because it was too it, like they were on point, too intricate. Like yeah. they were telling the business. So we have them on, and they were she was talking about her dude and how he almost caught her and all this. And she was like, "Oh, he's a simp and all this shit." Fast forward to the next year, the girl, the friend, inboxes me, sends me a KOAT story. Remember side bitch? And I was like, "Yeah." She killed her husband. I was like, what? <laughs> killed the dude. Killed the dude. Yes. The one that was cheating. She, the one that was cheating. Killed. Killed her husband. Well, did they ever come out with a motive? Or was, was it just. Well, and, and you know the crazy part? She was on, when she was on the show, she was like, I fucking hate him. And oh, my like God. Like, she was talking, I'm, I, like, he don't give me what I want. And, and I was like, I was telling Larry and Six, like, bro, like. Should we talk about this? Like, are they gonna <laughs> fucking summons us and want to use our episodes and shit like that? Like, it was crazy. It was a real deal. We had a show about that. Holy yeah, we fuck! Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the type of shit you hear. You know what? Maybe you know it's, if this one doesn't work out, I'm just gonna stay single. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, yeah, you know, I'm, it's I'm, not I'm, worth it, y'all. It's oh not worth it. Just get God. out of the situation. Don't be aside nothing to nobody. Yeah, Real. that's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. Um, but then you know, just on the topic of like just learning more about your community and like yeah. that, that's a weird thing to learn about your community. Yeah, but yeah, like I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't think this was gonna last longer than two months. I thought I was gonna have like hope my buddies on, but nobody really gave a fuck. Go, yeah, well, this was fun. Fuck no, Time I never thought on. that for for but, me never. I see, and I I just didn't have the confidence in this. But now, now that's been going for a bit, it's a drive. Isn't it? I'm never gonna stop. Yeah, this. bro. And like, I look at like the whiteboard. And I'm like, yeah, dude. I was I'm, looking at it. I was looking at your um, upcoming episodes. Yeah, I'm, like, and, I'm, bro, I'm you that, fucking Jew. You are way more, way more organized than we are. Like, we do our shows every Tuesday, right? Yeah. And we'll be on Monday. Uh, do we want to have somebody on? Like, nah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> or or we got a lot of people who want to come on, and mm-hmm. that's. That's our problem. We have a lot of people that want to come on. And to me, at the end of the day, it's my decision. And if I know if you're just not going to be who you really are, I'm not going to have you on there. Or if there's no real benefit both ways, I'm not going to do it. Because then you're just going through the motions and you're trying to use our platform to do whatever for you. And I don't don't like that. I don't want to let us contact you. That's like how you contacted me. I would never... Be like, oh man, uh, let me get on your podcast. And you'd be like, yeah. wouldn't you be like, for what? Yeah. Have you it's, ever even paid attention to it, or yeah. or what's your angle? That's what I get. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They're like, nah, uh, it's got to be organic. I I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Um, but yeah, I have to be organized. Like, I have yeah. like a planner. I've got that. Like, I have yeah. to like know what's going. That's especially, dope. Like, especially when I was bodybuilding, just because I had. You know, I was working out twice a fucking day. I had a full-time job. And then I wanted to do this. The brain can only compute so many stuff before right. it just fries out. Right. Um, but, yeah, just now that, now that like, steam's rolling and, like, I, I can't believe that that's a thing. That's awesome, bro. A. That's and, awesome. And B, like, I just, it's funny. Like, I was having this conversation with my chick a while back. And I was like, I've always been, like, a curious person. Yeah. And I want to ask questions. I want to, like, but it's, it's, it's so cool that podcasting is a thing because like before i feel like 
if you just DM somebody or just watch them try to have a conversation, it's only going to last like maybe two seconds. Yeah. And it's because you lose their uh, interest level. Yeah, and there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, we can go talk in the supermarket. Yeah. But something like you say, hey, I have a podcast. I'd love to have you on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes or no. And if it goes the way of yes, I mean, I'm learning so much more about somebody that I never. Right. Before this, it's the funniest fucking dude at the roast battle. That's it. That's how you, you know? know me. And and that's another thing why I wanted to do it because I would get so frustrated because I didn't, I said it before, I didn't realize I was just representing a caricature of myself and that's yeah. what only people knew. Like people, people know me from, most, most people know me from the internet, Facebook, because I've done some crazy shit on there. And don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And it was all calculated. It yeah. really was a part of a plan. You know what I mean? And I would get so upset when people would be like, oh, I wanted to say something, but I thought you were going to roast me. or I thought you were going to post me and talk shit. And I'm like, no. But I was like, wait a minute. That's all they know. Right. That's all they know. You're or, the, you're the, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you saw me at the roast battles. And so what you know is the host talking shit. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> just unscripted, just going in. You know what I mean? And I'm like. Okay, now I get it. I have to do these things to show people I'm well-rounded. Multifaceted. And a lot of people still, they're like, I announced I was on 101.3. I have my own show, Midday Mayhem, noon to three, y'all. Check it out. Uh, They go, they're going to let you on FM radio? (laughs) And I would get offended. Like, y'all know I had a job. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know how to talk to people. But I had to reel it in because they only know me from talking shit on stage. Yeah. Wait, you're on two FM and it's live and they they let you. And so, you know, you have to show people that you can do more than one thing. Yeah. And you got to be able to do it too. Well, you And if you don't, I feel like you just put yourself into a box. Yeah. You'll, I mean, as, as you'll, you'll be, cut yourself off so many opportunities. Exactly. Because, I mean, I love being free. I love being able to do this and say whatever the fuck I want because it's, it's my platform. You need it's it. My, it's my thing. But <laughs> I then, need it, bro. But then also getting into something like radio, getting yeah. into something like stand-up, you have to be able to alter that and do that. But as far as comedy goes, and, and this is fucking talked about yeah. and wrung out like a fucking rag. Let's get it. But yeah, the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. Mm-hmm. The what I would like to get your perspective on is because you brought up right when we first started the whole code switching thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, first thing I heard about that from the fucking big <laughs> man. Me and my chick are addicted to that show, yeah. and that's one of the episodes when they go to New York. Yeah, we watch that, and and we've watched that episode so many times. But the last time we watched, it, I kind of looked over, and he's like humming along with the yeah. whole code switching. But um, when that whole Chris Rock thing happened, yeah, um, because I don't know how much uh you know about like the shit show that is Warner Brothers right now. With just how like mm-hmm. their leadership yeah. and did you hear about the whole Ray Fisher? Um, no, what, what's Joss going on? Joss Whedon. No. So I'll try to. So I'm again big nerd. Okay. For DC. Comics, lay it on me. Lay it right? on me. Lay so, it on me. So they made Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. and their plan was like, oh well, it's Batman and Superman. It's First make- of all, did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. I was so mad about that. Movie. I loved it. I was just talking about this on sports radio. I was like, God, I was so wanting it to be better. Have but you seen the rated R version? Yes, I have. So that was and you still don't like no, it. No, no, there was a difference. That one, okay, didn't they change the ver? The, that wasn't the original version that came out. No, was the, it? the 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 theatrical version was like forty five minutes shorter. Yes. So when I saw the uncut, when I got on HBO Max and I saw it, I was like, Yo, why didn't they put this out first? Okay. Yes. All yes. Right. So that's the whole overarching of this thing mm-hmm. is that Warner Brothers needs to get out of their own way and they need to let their creators create. Mm-hmm. That's the moral of the story here. So right. what happens though is they make BVS, comes out March of 2016, and there was the big wids, the executives are like, well, it's Batman and Superman. 
Man of Steel made a fuck ton of money, and everyone loves Batman. Right. Of course it's going to make money. Of course they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to turn around, and we're going to let Zack Snyder and crew, they're going to go make Justice League. Yeah. Right. They had like a 30-day reprieval, and then turn around, hit London, and started filming it. Well, it came out. People loved it. People also really hated it. Right. And um, the executives got scared. And I guess they were just feeding Snyder a bunch of mm-hmm. notes and change this, do that, do that, do that, do that. And uh, he was like, nah, I'm going to make my own movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. But unfortunately, so that carries on. That's like fucking May of 2016. They're filming, they're filming, they're filming. And then, oh, I'm sorry. No, they took a long reprieval, actually. It started in August of 2016. And then they finished filming in March of 2017. Okay. Justice League is slated to come out in November. Well, in April of 20 of 2017, one of Zack Snyder's daughters uh, committed suicide. Mm, damn. He sticks with post-production. He's doing it. And then like the end of May, beginning of June, he's like, I can't do this. Like, right. I need to be with my family. This is not like, because they've got a big family. Yeah. And so, and I keep meaning to find this article, but I remember reading it and Warner Brothers was like, we offered to push back Justice League and it's like, let him be with his family, but he insisted that we finish yeah. it. Plow ahead. Oh, yeah. that's fucking bullshit. That yeah. is such, they would never push that back. Mm-hmm. They, they only care about money. So what happens is it comes out that they have chosen Joss Whedon, who yeah. he directed like the Avengers and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, he's going to come in and finish Justice League. And he has Zack Snyder's approval. And Joss Whedon comes out and goes, I'm going to finish Snyder's vision the way he would want it. Okay, well, that didn't fucking happen. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up is there were accusations from when Whedon was doing Buffy the Vampire Slater back in the late 90s mm-hmm. and 2000s that, and Firefly that he's a bit of a sexist okay. and he's a bit of a racist. Okay. Specifically towards black people. Yeah. Just but, a bit, not a whole one. But a yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, because because you know this was before the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah, before yeah. the cancel cultures. So they're like, yeah, but he's white and he makes money, so yeah, we're not yeah. gonna touch him. You know how it goes. But uh-huh. um, but what happens is we don't hear anything about that. We just hear that set that the set is a little problematic and that it's like stressful. Yeah. But everyone chalks it up to they have a crunch time, and you start hearing about all these rewrites and these reshoots. And, you know, flash forward, it comes out, it sucks. And mm-hmm. the full weekend of the movie coming out doesn't even end. And someone already tweets out, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Because everyone's like, what yeah. the fuck was that? What is that? Yeah. Right? So now that... So Snyder Cut, the Zack Snyder Justice League comes out um, March of 2021, to so last year. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last five to six months, maybe even longer leading up to that, Ray Fisher, the guy who plays Cyborg, yeah. He comes out on this huge social media campaign talking about authenticity over entertainment because Joss Whedon, uh, Toby Emmerich, who's a executive, and a couple other dudes over at Warner Brothers, they, uh, they're they treating him like shit. Okay. And he heard a conversation or saw transcripts of a conversation, whatever it was. So have you seen the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is a mini cyborg movie yeah. in that it's, movie. Yeah, right. And I'm assuming you've seen the 2017 one, right? Yep. There is no Nothing. cyborg. None. Right? It just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and the uh, and the reasoning from Joss Whedon that uh-huh. they didn't, or they gave Joss Whedon rather, that he agreed with, that they didn't put all that c- cyborg stuff, is they didn't want an angry black man at the center of their superhero movie. Hmm. When wow, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, now we now we cooking, yeah, okay, and then yeah, and like so I read that I'm like, 
that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine what it feels like to be a black person in America anyway. But right. like, just to read something like that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'll, I'll see how angry you are. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're used to it. Because you're used to it. Because you're fucking used to it. I'm like, bro, what are you mad about? It's this like, shit been going yeah, on. Like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then you watch the movie. Yeah. And his entire arc is about hope. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah. What, his most iconic line in this is like another perfect way to contrast the two movies. His iconic line in the 2017 one is booyah. His stupid, <laughs> his stupid little catchphrase from the Teen Titans show. And nobody told him black people ain't used yeah. that since 92. <laughs> and then and then his his iconic line from the Snyder Cut mm. is I'm not broken and I'm not alone. Yeah. Like what? way different, what way the different, fuck, right? Yeah. So it's a real fucking person. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear, or I read that story, mm-hmm. and uh, amongst other sh- like sexist shenanigans with fucking Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. and um, how apparently Jason Momoa had to be walked off set like two times because he was gonna beat the fuck out of Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, oh, so that is how Hollywood thinks. That's how they characterize a large population or populace of our. You know, our country. Oh, that's, shit, yeah. That's great. Oh, fuck Fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. So then I see the Chris Rock mm-hmm. and the Will Smith thing happen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, you can break that down so many different ways. Yeah, with, it's so with, many with the, different... To, with the toxicity yeah. of, um, of, his wife. of their wife and yeah. their relationship. Yeah. But the thing that came to mind, because I, I watched that bit of the Oscars, and they actually, they cut uh, a couple of times to Toby Emmerich, mm-hmm. right? He was in the audience. Yeah. And when I see that, and when I see Will Smith hit Chris Rock, yeah. that line is kind of played in the back of my head of like the stupid stereotype these idiots have of yeah. like the angry black man. Well, you hit it the nail on the head because, you know, I grew up, well, in the 90s, we used to, there was an award show called the Source Awards, right? Okay. And that's where all they would give hip hop awards. And at the Source Awards, you watch because you knew it was going to be a fight. Somebody's going to talk shit. Somebody's going to get shot. Somebody's going to get stabbed and that was just a part of the culture and then yeah. the jokes were yeah look at the source awards look how they act look how they act fast forward to the oscars that was one of the reasons i had a problem with this because it's so dynamic and so layered somebody like will smith will smith is considered a safe black person when i say safe i mean there's a lot of people that aren't black that look at him and don't see black See what I mean? They see he's Will Smith. He's not a black man. The thing he did right there in that moment, he turned into a black man. That's what he turned into because he 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 hit him and it's like, oh, see, look, look, they don't know how to act. And look, this is why we don't give them this or give them right. get them that or offer this or offer that. That's a big part of it as well. And then here's another part. Um, the director. I cannot remember his name, of the Oscars was a black man for the first time ever. So they oh, did that shit. on his fucking watch. Oh, shit. They did that on his watch. And it was, I, I want, I, don't, don't, don't quote me on this. I want to, was it Lee Daniels? That's why we have the handy Daniels. There we go. Here. Yeah, let's look it up because I want to give the, the right thing. Because when I saw this, I was like, God damn. Come on, y'all. We're going to do it on the black people watch. Producer, director. Uh, when I see the name, um, say producer. Producer, yeah. I have horrible eyesight. There we go. All right, let's see. Will Packer. That's who it is. Will Packer. Okay. Yes. 
Will Packer. Oh, yep, yep. Yes. Okay. First time a black person produced the Oscars and this shit happens. It's like, damn, you really produced the Source Awards in 1996. <laughs> 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 That's what you did. That's what a lot of people look at it as. Yeah. And, Jesus and, Christ. And so, you know, when I first saw this shit, I thought it was a I thought it was fake. Until I, I thought it was too. I, I thought, thought it was, it was a bit. I was like, okay, where's the this will come out tomorrow. They'll let us know. Yeah. This is something, a work, or they got a movie coming out or something. Right. When I got the information that Will Packer was a producer, I was like, no. He would never allow that. Allow that on his watch being the first. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, because stupidity happens at award shows. Like, what, what award show was it where, like, Borat was flying through the. Oh, yeah. And then land crotch first into Eminem. Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah. It's, it bits like that happen all the time. Right. But to see. I, it's scary, like, it's because Will Smith at first laughs at the joke. Yeah. And to see, like, the side glare from oh, yeah. Jada. Yeah, she stabbed him up with the, and, with the looks. And then did you see, like, there's someone took a video of, from behind her. Yeah. And when she hit him, mm-hmm. she started laughing. She's laughing. Yeah, when Will, hit, when Will hit Chris, she started laughing. She's like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and one thing I don't think is being talked about enough either. Like, what I didn't make sense to me, especially in the moment, was like Will Smith was getting consoled, and then there was nothing for Chris Rock. Yeah, and like Chris Rock is one of the um, greatest comedians to ever walk the face of the planet. So, in my I can, mind, I can tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so think about this monologues. A lot of people don't understand because because I asked a similar question. I was like, "Damn, is is com- is this what we got to worry about in comedy now? Like, we can't." poke fun we can't right. roast we can't be who we are a lot of people were like no yeah because that that's not stand-up comedy yes it is yeah, a monologue is. a monologue in that setting has been going on since the beginning of time go back and look at any of it here's the reason why chris rock did not get consoled you gotta remember that wasn't that wasn't a um a space for stand-up comedians it never is they hire a stand-up co- comedian to come in and do the monologue all of that is actors, actors, actresses. What happens every time of those shows? They get made fun of. So now they're right. like, they're like, finally, somebody. If you go back and look, you have people laughing, and you got some people like, fuck this dude, man. Go look at any monologue. Look at Chris Rock 2016. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Go, you could you could look back, look back on Richard Pryor when he did a monologue and he was talking to, when he was like, yeah, the, he was making, he was acting like a black man couldn't read or act. And he was like, yeah, we are here because they never give us awards because they don't think we can act. And he was doing that. Some people were laughing. Some people weren't because it was too close to home for him. So you got to understand the right. Oscars, it's not like they, the Oscars have never heralded stand-up comedy. They just hire a comedian to do the monologue because nobody else has the balls to do it or the right. talent like that. So you're in a room who's of a lot of those people, Chris Rock and every other comedian have made fun of them. So now it's like, hell yeah. You can see it from the backlash. You see a lot of people, actors, and they're like, yeah, man, I wish I could have done that. Or So that's why they left Chris Rock out to dry. That's a good point. Because think about it. If they were at a place like a Comedy Central roast or something, and there was no way Will would have been able to get back to his seat because there would have been comedians there. And like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're in a room full of people like Will Smith. They're actors and actresses who've been getting made fun of. Think about it. Monologues, stand-up comedy, the media, all of that. 
So this is like, yeah, we finally got one. That's yeah. why. That's the reason why. No, that makes a lot of sense actually. And like, and then I think about like how legendary, not like how infamous, I guess, the whole uh, Ricky Gervais yeah. monologue was yeah. about the whole Epstein and the oh, wine yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, nobody's going up there to hit his ass. No. When he's outing everyone in that room yes. for what they have done. And that was uncomfortable for a lot of people who were buddies with this guy. Yeah. Um, I remember the one he did where Ricky Gervais, I believe it was the Golden Globes, and um, Tom Hanks kind of got like, you could see it on his face. About the Epstein thing. Yeah, you could yeah. see it on his face. So, that's, And that's a whole other rabbit hole I'm more yeah. than willing to go down for sure. But but, like, the, but what happened with Will is his woman put the key in his back and he he snapped. He already had his shit going on, man. Well, Because I, I look at Chris Rock and I'm like, one of the greatest comedians ever walked this earth. Yes. Like, definitely top 10 of all time. Like, if you don't know comedy, you're lying if you don't say that. Right. Yeah. So you don't think that this dude has got like a fucking Gatling gun's worth of cheating jokes, um, relationship jokes, simp jokes for Will Smith just to hit him back with? Yeah, but see, you but got to look at But he pulled all that back. You gotta, he just took it. You, you know what that's called? That's professionalism. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Someone like me, there's no fucking way. Because I don't have that level of professionalism. I don't have it. There's a lot of comics who are famous who don't have that level. I can name off a shitload of them that would have acted a damn fool. And I'm yeah. not talking about with hands, with just comments tearing his ass up. Yeah. But you got to understand, and this is a, this goes back to the reason why nobody consoled Chris Rock. Look at the setting you're in. Yeah. You know how many of those companies, film companies, film industries... They're that, looking how he's going to react. Exactly. And then they're tied in with the Academy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he knew he knew it. He he was a, He's a veteran. That's, that's the reason why they hired him. You yeah. know what I mean? He wanted so, to keep making the Madagascar movies. Exactly. He, kept, he, he wanted to keep his yeah. stake in Hollywood. And that's another reason why he hasn't talked yet. And he probably won't. Remember, he's, he's come out and said, yeah. I'm not talking about it unless I get paid. Yeah. But yeah. who else is talking about it? His brothers. I didn't. First of all, I didn't know there was that many fucking rocks. <laughs> Neither did I. I was like, damn, there. I didn't know it was. More, damn, there are many rocks as weigh-ins out here. Like, how many rock brothers do you have? And right. all of them, like, super we, lower level, talking beat the hella fuck shit. Out of talking hella shit. Yeah. And he's not saying nothing because of what he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. No, it's it's insane. It's like well. So you, you bring up the point that Will Smith is considered a safe black man. Yes, he is. And do you think that same thing is kind of regarded with Chris Rock? So Chris well? Chris Rock, I'm going to tell you this. <clears throat> so there's different... Remember, let's go back to the urban comedy thing, right? Yeah. When I say urban comedy, Chris Rock's name is never going to come up in it. Never. And why is that? Because even though he's a black man, he doesn't do urban comedy. There's a difference. So not to get into the history of comedy for black people, but it's kind of like this, Right. Um, let's go back to Richard Pryor. A lot of people didn't understand Richard Pryor's, um, genius until he fucking, they learned he smoked crack and, and lit himself on fire and he was doing Superman movies and big and all this other shit. See what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't watch the Richard Pryor show that had one se- one season. They didn't wa- They didn't listen to him after he made that change because he was on the Ed Sullivan show. After that, he he was strictly urban comedy. Right. Chris Rock's never done that. Think about it. Chris Rock has been in urban movies, but his stand-up has never been on like what we call the Chitlin circuit. He hasn't been underground going to like Atlanta or 
he's in New York at the black clubs, Chicago, like that. And if he was, it wasn't like he was the best at doing that. Chris Rock, Saturday Night Live, um, he got to the point where he was making his own movies, where he was a star. So he's not looked at as an urban or black comic. Chris Rock's never been on Def Comedy Jam. See, it's stuff like that. That black people, there's that's why if you look at the dynamic, a lot of black people was not fucking with Chris Rock, just like a lot of people at the academy that night wasn't. See what I'm saying? When it comes to Will Smith, Will Smith is a safe black man for people who aren't black. Black people love Will Smith because he has a black wife and he's Will Smith and he's a rapper. He was in the culture and all this other shit. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So Will Smith is looked at differently depending on whose eyes you're looking at. Because a lot of people who do know hip-hop and that aren't black, they'll say, hey, I remember him. He was so happy and jolly. He didn't cuss. He wasn't shooting people. He wasn't (laughs) calling women bitches or hoes and all that. He was parents just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit. He's the fresh prince of fucking Bel Air. Look at him. He's wholesome and and nice and welcome to Miami and look at his family and all this shit. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he's got the best of both worlds. Chris Rock don't. Chris Rock doesn't have the black backing. He doesn't have that. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So he he has the industry backing. He has, his friends are looked at as Adam Sandler. Black people, we fuck with him, but he's not like, our comedy. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's there there's the different dynamics in that shit. That's yeah. what it is. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And like, you know, and someone someone else who's telling that joke. Mm-hmm. Any other stand up like uh um, doesn't even a blip on the radar. No, no one no. really gives a shit. And it looks like and the way I see that I too, was kind of disappointed. I was like, that's all you got? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, she was sitting next to the queen of fucking Wakanda. You could have used her. You, they, they had no hair. Use that. Like, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and he just went GI Jane, where a lot of people didn't even realize who the fuck that was. So, yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, it was just I don't know. And I'm trying to like click my thoughts about the whole Will Smith and like the toxicity yeah. of his marriage. And like, oh, bro, I, I can, like, I can, I can tell you all about that shit because like, I've watched it unfold. Like him. Him hitting Chris Rock was like the, it's like the big, like it was like a, like the big guy picking on the little guys. Like he knew, exactly. he, he knew who to hit and who he to, knew that who to he get could, away with. Who he could get away with it exactly because yeah. yeah. I mean the moment that Jada goes to the media with Will Smith hit me, mm-hmm. oh it's over. It's a wrap. It is done. You did because we know because look at him, he, he doesn't know how to hold his anger. Exactly. Boom boom boom, and it goes back to another thing. A urban comic. He wouldn't have done that to an urban comic. They wouldn't have let him. He wouldn't have went and sashayed back to his seat and with the smirk on his face. No. Going back to their marriage, though, here's what I've been telling people. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that's like, yeah, he stood up for his wife and he he defended her honor. What that's control. F- get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's him trying to show he has control. Yeah. He's never had control in his marriage, bro. Never. If he had control, that marriage wouldn't be so public. Yeah. Think about Will Smith. Will Smith has only become publicized within the last year. Will Smith was never on Instagram. He was never on social media. You would just see him in a fucking movie pop up and like, I got to go see it. It's Will Smith. Now you got his wife doing red table talks with her mom and the kids and 
hey, you know, I used to love Tupac. Yes, we've heard this for fucking 20 years. We know this shit. Yeah. Like, you've been beating this man down. Hey, you know, um, you know, sometimes when you're married to the same man and the sex isn't all that and... I just wonder what Tupac would do if he had this pussy now. Like, shit like Wait, that. did she say that? No, I'm just... Oh, <laughs> I was like, what the... But in, in your ears, that's what you yeah. hear. No, I agree. You got your fucking kid. Did you know fucking Willow wrote a note to Tupac? Never even met the fucking man. How does, he, how does your fucking kid know about Tupac? Wife. Yeah. See, that's toxic as fuck. And then you go on all these shows. You have your podcast. What blows? I'm, I'm all for. I said it before. I'm all for being open, but when it's just yourself, see what I'm yes. saying? Um, I had to learn that with comedy. Um, at the beginning, I had a girlfriend on podcasting and shit, and I knew, hey, I gotta leave that shit at home. Yeah, you know I leave saying? her out of it. You leave her. Like, there I don't, you like, I don't and say that's her a part name. Of, that's a part of the professionalism. Where she works. That's because, a part of because you open yourself up. Well, because when I first started, um, I made I made a couple comments about transgenders. Yeah. And I got some shit. And I was like, at home. Yo, no, 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 no. Like, oh, like, from like other DMs. Yeah, like yeah. DMs. And I was like, that's good. Yo, this is this is episode 12. That's good. Um, what? That's great. <laughs> you know, that's I was like, great. Yeah. You're like, yes, I'm evoking emotion. I was just confused at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eventually got to that point. And yeah, I was yeah, like, because yeah. I considered from the beginning, like, okay, what do I leave out of this? Like, my personal life, I'm going to leave it out of here for this and the other. But I was like, yeah, um, if the wrong person finds out who she is, that we live in the same town, that we. Oh, got you. I don't need. Her, D, her DMs getting flooded with stupid shit. Right. I don't need. Um, I mean, because the, the the average beautiful woman's DMs already already are yeah. retarded. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. But just add on an idiot boyfriend with a microphone. I just don't want to do that. Right. And you know what? That's so funny. You bring that up. I I learned that the hard way. Um, my very first time doing stand up. Mind you, this is how dumb I was. <laughs> I did stand-up, no other comedians. It was a rap battle and me. I did stand-up for an hour and 25 minutes the first time I did stand-up. Didn't even do half my material because it was crowd work and shit that I saw. An hour and 25 minutes. And it was like 750 people there. So one of the jokes I told was about an altercation me and my girlfriend at the time had inside of my car. coming, And, and we were coming from something. And it was funny because... The end of the joke was me hit. I was eating chicken while driving, and I threw it and I hit her. I hit her in the side of the head with it. Everybody's cracking up, laughing. Guess who I see? Not laughing. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was. I, that's probably why I went an hour and twenty five because I didn't want to get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, it was stuff like that. Yeah. And then it was, you know. I was like, yo, I had to learn. I had to learn. That can't be a part of it. And also what you said, like going back, I'll, I'll be on social media and people know, fuck, I can't get to this dude because he's nothing bothers him. Let me say something about his girl. And then here's where I fuck up. I'm thinking my girl's supposed to be like me, Teflon. Oh, girl, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Get, get off of there. Don't worry about it. So you're not going to say nothing? I was like, yeah, if you say something, then it... it you just feed, it, you're putting yeah. out the fire with gasoline. But a lot of people don't understand that. And yeah. I, it's not it's not my place to make her understand that because she's her own person at yeah. the time. you know. So I had to learn that. And that goes back to Will and Jada. She's the one who put all of their shit on Front Street. Once you do that, it's like the Kardashians. 
You think the Kardashians are sitting... If they sat on the fucking phone or the internet and looked at everything everybody said about them, they'd go fucking crazy. You know, on the contrary, I think they do take some time to do it, and I think they fucking love it. Oh, well, that's different. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was was looking at it as a negative, like, of them, like... Getting mad, fucked it, but you're right. Well, because we, because the media needs to know yep. the last time one of them got an ass lift, <laughs> or the last time that one of them got what? the skinny white dude with tattoos. You or, know what or, I mean? What athlete's life are they gonna ruin this <laughs> season? <laughs> Who are they gonna turn into a crackhead this NBA season? Like that. Like, see, they're a, they understand this and shit. They feed off. They understand I mean, it. Will will. Tell the truth. Like I said, Will has never. We only see him smiling on red carpets. Yeah. We only see him, hey, I got this movie coming out and uh, in the videos with his kids and shit. Once they opened that, once they, once she moved that curtain to the side and everybody's like, oh, y'all ain't so fucking perfect. No. Yeah. Now it's become a problem. So I say it all stems from her. And because I think about it sometimes and I'm like, why the fuck? Would any man in his right mind sit down in front of cameras with his wife at a literal round table yeah. and talk about the time that she cheated on him? But then at the same time, I'm like, look, I've been in toxic relationships, but I've never been in anything that steep. And that has to be a fucking horrible entanglement. Bro, there, I don't love a woman. I would never love a woman as much as he loves her because... Or I don't want to. No, I'm saying I don't want to because I don't think, yeah, they have a they anymore. have a they have a child who brings his friend in and the mom fucks him <sighs> and then gets on their fucking podcast and talks about it and he's right there crying and feeble and all this other well, because, shit because like he's because he I remember watching that mm-hmm. a million times as I've watched that but he's watch he's talking to her and he's thinking I'm gonna get to admit it. She's yeah. gonna apologize. This is gonna be the great video where she no where hell she, no no she is fucking shameless. Yeah, she has no remorse. She basically was like, his dick was way better than yours. Pretty well. much, that's basically what she was saying. And he's sitting there like <laughs> he was like, oh okay, he, he was sick mm-hmm. though. So I I mm-hmm. get it. It's like fuck, man. And here's the thing I want to tell people because they always say, well, they both were doing their thing. All right, who who has who can you not speculate about with Will Smith? It's all speculation. Her shit, it's public. It's there. So once she you brags do that, about it, once you do that, you're fucked. Well, then it also, I would imagine that I don't. It, this is my personal opinion, but I don't think open relations like that tend to work out anyway. You got there. Got to be some special type of people. Bro. Yeah, but for the people that it does work out for, yeah, they aren't going to be crying publicly that their wife had sex with somebody else. No, because there are. Because I know people that have done that, and there's like rules, and yeah, yeah, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's I'm, always rules. I'm not that dude. Yeah, I could never be down with that. But if that's your thing, do your thing. But, I could be down with it, but I don't give a damn about her. That's but, what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like, all about me, you know. And there's just there's people that are about that, and they set those rules. So there's obviously, obviously rules that are being broken, or yeah. maybe, just maybe, will never agree to it. And she's just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you? What are you gonna what fucking you gonna do, do about do? it? What are you gonna do, pussy? What are you yeah. gonna do about it? And yeah. then it turned into this insanity. Real shit. You hit the nail on the head with that. Real shit. No, it's just fucking sad. And so the the one of the last things I really want to pick your brain about too is like, so comedy now, like I look at it and you, it, 
the last maybe four or five years have really defined, like I guess in the mainstream, yeah, who the actual stand-up comedians are, and then who the like, I'm here because I'm decent and I want to make money. People, are. yeah, you know, yeah, like the, like my favorite stand-up, <laughs> I think without any question, especially post-pandemic, is Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up, oh, hands down. I grew up on the Chappelle show. And I mean, I can even now I can sit down and I can watch um, fucking Half Baked. Oh, yeah. It's such a bad movie, but I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I can I I grew up on that. But like growing up now and then seeing that it's not it's hard to even call it a stand up bit that that like sit down in public conversation that he had about George Floyd. Yeah. And then the open conversation he had about Netflix. Right. That just like cemented it for me as like he is the greatest to fucking do it. Well, he earned that shit, bro. Yeah. Because if you talked about two polar opposites of who he was and who he is now. Yeah. You went from half baked to to talking about George, not jokes, talking. Yeah. He earned that, bro, because if you take anybody else to get on that platform and and talk the talk that he did, you'd be like, what the Take Cat Williams or something. Like, what the fuck is Cat talking about? Yeah. Tell us some jokes, damn it. Like, see what I'm saying? Because Cat put himself into that there corner. Of, go. He's the stoner comedian and he has his place. He's never evolved. Yeah. He never evolved. So you basically went through the evolution of Dave Chappelle that quickly. You went from half baked Chappelle show to what he is now. Think about the evolution, the openness, the candidness, the, yeah. the I don't give a fuck. I don't care about your money. Like that right there shows the character of a man he is and a comic. So if, if he's walked away from that, do you think he's scared to talk about any fucking thing? Yeah. And guess what? People are going to listen. They're going to pay attention. So he earned that shit. Not everybody can do that, bro. Eddie Murphy can't do that. A lot of people get mad when I say Eddie's not the greatest. You don't think he could have pulled something like that? Fuck no. Really? You know why? Eddie never walked away from money. Eddie never... Give me one time Eddie said something about social issues. I mean, the, give me look at coming to America too. Give, <laughs> give me, give me one time where Eddie talked about him fucking with transsexuals on Hollywood Boulevard. Eddie became a Hollywood entity. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people like I was like, oh, he's gonna come back and do stand up. I got fucking so hurt when he was like, yeah, man, I was looking back at Raw and. Some of the stuff I was saying there. Yeah. It's like, man, yeah, fuck you, That bro. was rough See to what I'm hear. saying? I'm not See even, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not even... Obviously, I'm not as deep into stand-up as you yeah. are, but hearing something like that, I was like, man... Bro, that crushed me. Yes, I thought... See, okay, my equivalent of that mm-hmm. was hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger say, fuck your freedoms. Yes. With the mask. Yeah, yeah. That Yeah, you were like, God damn it. Like, dude, you were the guy. Fuck, what happened to you? You were the guy. You know what that is? That's that whole Hollywood... It got that whole, to yeah, that's what it is. So when you have a treasure like Dave Chappelle, man, there's nothing. He he's in the God realm, bro. Like he's yeah. there. He's he's out in the stratosphere. Um, but the state of comedy now, like you said, you have the ones who like, hey, I'm gonna just make my money, and then there's always. I want to tell you this. There's always chosen few, bro. Yeah. There's they will choose who to throw out, right? And if Dave Chappelle waited for them to choose him, he would have never been able to do it that's why he does this shit on his own yeah he doesn't wait he doesn't no disrespect to kevin hart kevin hart worked his fucking ass off yeah but kevin hart is not gonna be that edgy where you're like yo 
He really went there. Yeah, he'll, the tell, shit, he'll tell dirty jokes, but it's not. It's not where it's, it's like thought provoking and yeah. like I can't believe he said that. And yeah, you know, and and you and obviously it's very fucking successful. That motherfucker had like four double shows here where he was only supposed to have two, and people went to it. One but my, it's just different levels to it. And one of my favorite things about Kevin Hart was uh, he had a podcast with Rogan. This is like a year after his car accident. I think yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. And he's got super jacked. He, I think he started hanging out with The Rock and was like, oh. Yeah, I, that's what it was. I'm going to become that. Yeah. But just of like four feet shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, he got super jacked and he's on the podcast. He's like, well, people would ask me, why are you working out? Why are you eating so healthy? He's like, I'm just preparing for life. You'll never know mm-hmm. what will happen. And then what, eight months after his training, he gets into that horrific car accident yeah. where he should have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, thing about, the thing about Kevin Hart, you know, you may not like his comedy that motherfucker's drive is insane. It's fucking phenomenal. Insane. And he will dream something and it'll become a reality. Like that. Because he makes it happen. Like that, you know, there's a lot of shit that I had to learn in comedy. Because I was at a point, I was like, man, Kevin Hart's trash. Then you start doing this shit and you're like, yo, you can't talk about this, man. Because look at what he's doing. He's paving the way for people. He's it's not just about getting up there and talking on the microphone. It, that may not be your your taste, may not be your persuasion, but you got to look at the whole entity of it. That's what he is. He's a fucking corporation. Yeah. Like, that's dope. Yeah, he's a whole brand. Yeah, there we yeah. go. That's what I was yeah, looking yeah. for. He's, he's a whole brand. Yep. The, yep. the Kevin Hartness. And it kind of sucks to see that go down after the whole Oscars thing. But... um with yeah, with this the state of comedy right now, and with how like how do you navigate that? Even prior to hitting, Bro. assaulting someone on stage, I'm not even gonna lie. Prior to, to that, like I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I thought about this, and I ain't. I told just a couple of people. I really had to dig deep, and I was like, man, am I gonna be able to continue doing this shit? Yeah, because I don't know how to do it any other fucking way, bro. I you've seen it. You've seen me in my thing. If anybody who's listening to this who's not seen me, I love crowd work, bro. Like you're, you're I, fucking good at it too. I, I, if I can go in there, <laughs> I can do a whole fucking thirty minutes crowd work. Like we might chick like, sitting there like, yeah, some of these guys are funny, but this dude's back is hurting from Karen's damn show. <laughs> Son of a bitch, this guy's fucking funny. <laughs> and none of that shit scripted, bro. I just, that's why I love um, hosts, because a lot of people, and I'll get back to what I was saying about how I feel about it. A lot of people be like, yo, when are you going to do a roast battle again? Because shout out to Evan Rons, you know, when he started it, it was, you know, I was with him when he started it, and we we would, I would battle, and, and he was like, yo, bro, we can't, you can't, <laughs> like, no, like, nobody wants to do it with you. And then I was like, well, let me host because then I can get every fucking body. Like, and I'm there longer. And it's it's just fun. I don't, I'm yeah. not prepared. I just go there. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know who's gonna show up. And it's just reading the room and knowing what to say is shock value shit. Shit that I, you'll say and get people's reaction. I love it. But I really thought, bro, I was, I was, I was thinking about hanging the shit up, bro. Cause I'm like, you don't understand, man. Within the last two years. I saw the change. Even though I've only done it seven years is not long at all, bro. Yeah. I opened, I did a show. I opened for Joe Torrey. Joe, Joe Torrey was the second host of Death Comedy Jam. He came out here. I opened for him. He pulled me to the side, asked me how long I had been doing it. I've been doing it five years in. And he's like, I've been doing this shit 35 years. He said, 
I'm a 35 year old in comedy. You're a five year old. You're still a fucking infant. Yeah. So if you're really gonna do this shit, do it or never fucking hit a stage again. That's when I really was like, fuck, that's true. You know? So seven years, this last two years, bro. I'm going places. I'm up in the spot. I'm up in Dolores fucking Colorado. And there's this old people right up in front. When you remember the movie Up? Yeah. They look just <laughs> like these motherfuckers. Mind you, Dolores has no black people. None. <laughs> it was me and the other comic that came with me is Steph Darnell. Smitty Camel's with me. And so I the right off the bat, I'm like, yo, we just doubled the uh the population of black people in Dolores. And I said, I've never been to a place where I Google how many black people, the percentage of African-Americans, and it's zero. It says zero. So I'm not changing my shit. I'm, I'm putting extra black on it now. But these old people were in front of me, and I'm talking to them. And the, um, I, didn't, I was wondering why the wife was looking at me, and then she would lean over to the husband. She couldn't hear. So the husband would laugh. Tell her the joke. Then she would laugh. <laughs> and so I was like, I didn't, I didn't know it till I was done. I got off the stage and I talked to him. So I was basically talking about her giving, they've been married 52 years. I was like, do you still give him head? And he starts laughing. And she, <laughs> and she goes, she's shaking her head, yeah. And, and I, it was, everybody's doing what you're doing, right? There's a one fucking lady in the crowd gets oh fucking pissed off. And I got this on video. I got it. It's on YouTube. Oh, the one lady, she's like, I said, what do you do for a list? She's like, because I was like, hey, Dolores, can I come back? And she was like, I think she goes, I think you're funny, but you're, you shouldn't be talking to them about that. And they're the elderly. And I was like, do you don't, I was like. This is on stage or off stage? This is on stage. Uh, I'm, this is at the, I'm still performing. This, so I'm, I love shit like this. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> And I was like, they've been, I said, they've been together. Oh, shit. There goes they, I go, I go, I said, because she goes, I do home health care. She says she's a nurse. Yeah. And I was like, so do you think all these people whose house that you go to, they don't suck dick in that same home? <laughs> I was like, do you? I, I think I saw this actually. You, you, you probably saw it. I had on the Randall Cunningham jersey. Yeah, I think I and, saw and, this. and then, so she was just so upset. She's so pissed. Everybody's laughing. Ends up, someone in the back says, shut the fuck up, bitch. And I ended the show on that, right? So I'm seeing a turn, right? Shit would happen like that all the time, all the time, all the time. The, the biggest shit that happened to me was I did a show. So I did two shows at this, I forget where the lake is called. It's somewhere in Texas by Lubbock. Big Springs, Texas. That's what it's called. And they have a lake. So they asked me to come for Memorial Day. I do a show fucking killed it. I'm making fun of people. You know, I'm making fun. They have they have the uh, it's literally on the lake. They have uh what do you call those people that are on the lake, the fucking cop people on the lakes or whatever. Oh, the, the, the game wardens. The game wardens. And, yeah. So they had game wardens and actual cops there. I'm making fun of them, but there was I was doing um and this I made this up on the spot. I was doing like the the racial hierarchy on who fucks with water and who don't. And I was like using people in the water. And I get to black people. It just so fucking happened. A boat full of fucking black people go by. I go in. And I got this on video too. I go in for like 10 minutes. They walk all the way up. Shake my hand during the whatever. Cool. They loved it. Hey, can you come back for the 4th of July? Hell yeah. Go down there. I go with 
I asked Jamar Hall to come with me. He's another comic. I think he was there at he the was, roast, right? Jamar Hall, that that yes, Jamar Hall's. So where we do the roast at Rebel, yeah, he hosts a show there every Wednesday. Okay, so Did he had the joke about the like it's like uh, the incentives to get the vaccine. He's like, can you see that cruise ship? That's one of those that stood out to us. Was that Jamar? Was he a tall kind of black guy? Yeah. I'm surprised you even remember a Jamar Hall joke, first yeah. of all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that was Jamar. That yeah. was Jamar. So um, he was there. The crazy thing is Jamar is really clean cut. He's half native and half black. He's very clean cut, right? And he goes out there and does the dirtiest fucking jokes I ever heard him tell. He's talking about people doing fentanyl and pill popping. Mind you, there's kids there. <laughs> So they told me, they were like, I was like, hey, bro, it's going to be families there. Like, he's going off. I never heard him be so dirty. But I loved it. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. So I get up there, five minutes into it, I see the cops and game warden pull over someone in the boat. And I was like, you got me fucked up if I'm going to get pulled over in the fucking water <laughs> by the police and just stand there. Like, I, I go off. Yeah. One of the cops was a fat dude. I was like, look how fat he is. The fucking boat's leaning. And I got this on camera. I'm talking hella shit, right? Next thing I know, the the owner of the spot, she comes to me. Hey, we can't make fun of the cops. And I was like, bitch. I'm still, mind you, I'm still in mode. I'm not looking at her as the owner. I'm looking at you as you're trying to be a part of the show. I was like, okay, which one of those cops you fucking? Because I'm going to talk shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the mode, right? Next thing I know, the chief, the fucking chief of police comes up. He's up there. I'm still performing. He's like, hey, uh, we're going to shut you down. And I, was, I thought he was bullshitting. And I was like, what? And, and he had on a, and we, this is on camera. Like he had on cam. a fucking body cam. I was like, I tap it. I was like, is this shit on? I was like, hey, this is your boy Buck D. Holler at me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking hella shit, right? They were serious. Cut me. Boom. You're, you're banned from the lake. You got to leave. So all the people that were there were pissed because I've only done five minutes. They were like, yo, we have a house right here. You can do it. I was like, hmm, no. Y'all are all white people in Texas. I'm not fucking with y'all. I don't know you. So they were like, no, you got to leave now. So we all, we leave. We, I'm confused. Bro, two days later, I get a fucking call from Larry. Larry's like, yo, you're on uh, Young Turks. The shit... Bro, I'm looking on. They fucking have a video. They have the video. They did a whole segment. Oh my god. Yes, they. I'm, I'm fucking uh, over two million fucking views. All this shit, and everybody's like, "Yo, you're about to blow up." I wasn't thinking about that. I'm like, this is where comedy's coming to, bro. This is like really canceling the real essence of stand-up comedy, which is not getting up there and just saying funny things. It's being unfiltered, saying whatever the fuck you want to say, making it funny for not just you, but the crowd and anyone else it comes across. It doesn't matter. Like, and a lot of people, uh, the fucked up part with this Will um, and Chris Rock shit, I asked the question, I was like, yo, is this going to change the way stand-up is? What really fucked me up was, and I put it in, Albuquerque stand-up fans page because there was a question from the BS show. I put it in yep. there. It was all comics. Well, you should do your research before 
you make jokes about. I said, how in the fuck do you do research about everyone in the crowd? Well, you know, she had a medical condition and he should have just done his research before he said that joke. And this wasn't fans. This was comedians. Oh, no. People I've done shows with, people I know that do shows in El Paso. And I was like, yo, this is mind-blowing. And my thing is, you're the consumer, right? You do your... If you go buy a car, you just don't fucking just get the car. You do your research, right? If that's how you feel about comedy, do your research before going... See who you're going to go see. You know what I mean? If you feel like you're going to be offended, do some research. But the state of comedy now, bro, it it really had me second-guessing if this is what I really wanted to do because I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't. It's so divisive now. People who have no clue about the art are telling people who do it, how to do it. Like, it's fucked up. It's a real fucked up way to navigate this shit, man. Jesus fuck. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know how to be safe. I don't know how to not address elephants in the room. I don't know how not to someone who's talking loud. The funny thing is, nobody's talking about hecklers. Mm -mm. We love it. I know I love it. Oh, please heckle me. That's free time. I love it. But it's all about, well, you shouldn't say this. And so if you're up there thinking about that, you're done. You're yeah. fucking done, bro. Listen, man, that's that I'm glad you have that mindset. I hope that mindset spreads. That's has to, that's has to, bro. Yeah, that's the shit that needs to be spreading right now. It has to. Like not not saying everybody has their own style, but be fearless. Just do man. what you want to do. Be fearless. You don't have to be you don't have to be as dirty as Richard Pryor. You no, don't have to be as exactly. clean yeah. as whoever. You yeah. do what you want to do. Be yourself. Yeah. Be a reflection of yourself. Yeah. When listen, I before we get out of here, yeah. uh, where can people find you? Whether it's the radio, social media, shit, man. Comedy right. scene, where can we find you? Let me you? see how good I memorize this. All right. <laughs> First of all, you can catch the podcast on the BS show. Um, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, uh, we do we go live, we're on Twitch, anywhere. Just Google uh, the BS show. Actually, we have a website, bsshowpodcast.com. Cool. Um, I'm on 101.3 The Hustle here in Albuquerque, Monday through Friday, noon to three. It's called The Midday Mayhem. I'm also on Two Men On, which is on 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. I'm on there Monday and Friday from four to seven, and I'm, I'm also sprinkled in during the week. Um, but I definitely am a part of the show. It's it's weird because I don't. I'm like yo, do you? but they have me. I'm on the opener, like, and it's it's weird because I look at it as their show, but they will not let me say it that way. So I really love those guys for That's that. Awesome. Um, you can catch me on social media. Just look at Buck Dangerous or Robert Gibson G I P S O N, and you'll see what it, all the stuff that I have going on. All right, man. Well, I seriously do appreciate your time. You're a busy man. So I appreciate it a lot. Bro, I love to come back. This is dope, man. I, I got to say thank you. And also, I commend you, bro, because I've been, there's not a lot of podcasts that I've been on. Um, I don't know if people think I'm like unapproachable or I won't do it. I love this shit. So if you're listening, I would definitely come to your podcast and be as open, as candid as possible, bro. And I had a fucking blast talking yeah, to you. This I really flew did. by. This flew this, by, bro. Good this shit. was fucking fun, man. Yeah. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, For everybody. Sure. We out. Oh, <laughs>